97.3. City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other man Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Hey. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 
Nathaniel Bassi, Messi Chinu. Oh my God. Beautiful things he has done. Welcome to City. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. 27th day of June. Starting off the show with Business Sense brought to you by ADB. Offering a variety of personal loans, including top-up loans at significantly reduced rates. Let's talk about a longer tenure. An offer open to non-customers as well. Call us on 0302-210-210. Visit any of our branches, ADB, the People's Bank, ADB, Truly, Greek and more. Um, Businesses this morning is courtesy of Finex Skills Hub. The poster is on the platform yesterday. A quote attributed to Professor Feynman. Professor Feynman. And there are three diagrams comparing knowledge to intelligence and to wisdom. So according to this uh, diagram, knowledge is having the right answers. Knowledge is having the right answers. But intelligence is asking the right questions. Intelligence is asking the right questions. But wisdom is knowing when to ask the right questions. Let's go through this again. So, according to Finance Skills Hubs and the quotes that they put out from Professor Feynman, F-E-Y-N-M-A-N-N, knowledge is having the right answers. So, having the right answers is good. That's what a lot of us strive to do when we go to school. You go and write an exam, you want to answer the right questions now but the, the lecturer is obviously more intelligent than the student because he is asking the right questions so in a sense asking the right questions is higher than answering them so that's why they say reason may answer questions but it takes imagination to ask them so those of us who ask questions have to do more than those who answer them so if you're going to do an interview you must do more research than even the guy coming to ask that the questions because you need to discern whether he's lying to you or whether he's speaking the truth and if you haven't done your research then you would ask the wrong question. But I thought the wonderful one was wisdom. So whilst knowledge is having the right answers and intelligence is asking the right questions, he says wisdom is knowing when, when to ask the right questions. Because there's nothing so bad like asking the right question at the wrong time, right? That's so bad. So it takes wisdom to know the right time to apply the intelligence that you have. And I think this is fantastic. So if there's anything you want to strive for, if there's anything you want to pray for, pray for wisdom that you will know when to apply the intelligence that you have. This morning, I took business sense from Finex Skills Hub, friends of mine who have been working with us on our data journalism. And a quote attributed to Professor Feynman. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3.
Yeah, you can be the greatest, you can be the best You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the war You can talk to God, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself On the 27th. Oh, yes. We're looking forward to the day. So much happening. Newspaper review brought to you by Total Energies. A poorly maintained car engine will age faster and chop your money more. So, insist on the uh, newly formulated quartz engine oil with ART. Ensures optimal performance for your car. Improves protection against mechanical wear by up to 74%. Choose quads from Total Energies. Choose the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. The news is also brought to you, the news by view, that is, by the Fidelity Bank. Ejapa. Do you know me of Ejapa? Good market. Ejapa Mark account. It has a number of features, including a free subscription to our e-banking platforms. Convenient payment and cash collections options such as GHQR, Mobile Money Collect and Mobile Teller Cash Collection, a dedicated relationship officer, and free insurance of up to 48,000 CDs. Simply dial star 776 star zero hash or visit myfidelitybank.com.ga to sign up today. So I'm here with Nathan Kwao and Richard Sky. Stress in a very interesting way, wearing a, I don't know, it's like a, I don't, you don't know. You know, when I was in the UK, I used to wear this kind of thing. Uh, it's like a sweater, but it's it's uh, sleeveless. Yes. And you wear it on top of your shirt. Uh-huh. So it formalizes an informal shirt. But you can also <laughs> make it informal by wearing a... A coolie. No, a it, they call it a newspaper boy's cap. <laughs> uh-huh. Then you fold it a bit. Uh-huh. It means the weather is not too cold. Uh-huh. But you are not sure. Yeah, so Charlie, you look like a fake London boy. Charlie, there's a song like that too. Fake London boy, fake London boy. Hey. Charlie, you... but I'm, I'm asking, like, if he were, for example, if he were in a plain shirt, can he wear a tie with this? 
What's a plain shirt? I'm just saying, like, you know, this shirt is fine. Yeah, you can wear a tie inside. Okay, and yeah. still have the. There are many combinations. Yeah, yeah, you can wear leather. You can wear khaki too. <laughs> yeah. No, Charlie, the London, the sky, do the London. You know, London City University? LLM? Yeah, man. No, Charlie. And today he'll be delivering some lectures. Yeah, which is, yes, so please, ladies and gentlemen, today. <laughs> When we are praying, let's add, let's pray not for Richie Sky, but for the people he's going to lecture. <laughs> because as for Sky, the people don't know what is coming. Yeah, we, we know. The people at the boot camp know. We don't know. Wear a metal hat. <laughs> because he's coming to unleash <laughs> legal, artificial <laughs> challenge. I can't be a factor. He's going to, to it's a concoction of legal technology, artificial intelligence <laughs> in a potpourri of academic gambadocity. <laughs> hey, so today, <laughs> today, today the, 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 the 39 or so participants of the management boot camp, please eat well. Because this guy is, is approaching Abokobi with torrential hostility. <laughs> If you know anybody at that boot camp, yes. tell them that wherever it is they are sitting, they should strap themselves into the chair. You know, it's what they research. No, you think it's case, okay. case upon case. Yeah, case this time when I'm coming to the breakfast, so I always carry my constitution yeah, and I look inside because everything I catch up on Every story I get, I the lost in something. You never know what lost girl found by echo. We all go. Listen, you know what you can help is just bring a compendium of the cases yeah, so that we can also, we can we can also look through, Charlie. Because this time we know the sit up. The current time says this morning, who wins are saying not seed. And three <laughs> candidates are on the front page this morning. The MPP Charles Opoku is here. And then Benis Enyunam Sefenu of the LPG. Liquefied Petroleum. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Liberal, Liberal Party of Ghana. Correct. Liberal Party. And then Mr. James Jachikwesen of the NDC also here smiling. Mm-hmm. Also on the front page, man gets 15 years for defiling girl who is 12 years old. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Terrible story. And then another story says petrol tanker uh, drivers declare nationwide strike over on uh, motorable roads. And then also yesterday, I don't know, I've not seen that story yesterday. Mm. Organized labor declared a nationwide yeah. strike, which is taking effect. But the newspapers, some have been uh, seen. For some it. reason, I've yep. not seen some it. But we have it somewhere. Uh-huh. And then Coleman, uh, Robert Coleman, um, has been honored for his contribution to one constituency. Wembley, one astrotech. <laughs> Wembley, we all go to Wembley. <laughs> Come and do something in my area. <laughs> the Daily Graphic also has the Asinot story. And their angle says police deploy drones to complement security measures. Uh, EC prepares uh, against rainfall. So they are looking yeah, yeah. dealing the, the, with actually we know we never counted the rain in because the rain can affect turnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. so, so they yeah. are looking at uh, countering the contingency or preparing yeah. for those things. Yeah. Speaker attacks politics of monetization. Yeah, yeah. Seven million dollar food security pro- uh, project launched. Mm. And there's a special supplement on Ido Ada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other stories. Ghana will achieve debt sustainability. That's according to the Chinese envoy. Mm. And Botswana delegation visits Jospon Group's waste treatment plants. And on the back page of the Daily Graphic, they have the strike story. They are talking about the petroleum and gas tanker drivers. Mm-hmm. Plus, Dabwasi drowning tragedy. Dabwasi drowning tragedy. Third body retrieved. Oh, just young people want to swim. Hmm, Let me take you to the Chronicle. Dampare to crash hooliganism. In Asin North is here on the front page together with some of the leaders of uh, the two major political parties 
in our country. Also, something here that says new post office for Ofwase Ayurebe. Ashanti GJA celebrates IK Jesse. And then APSA case, six accused persons surrender to police. The Daily Guide says D-Day at Asim North. Vote MPP, that's according to Baumia. And IGP disarms bodyguards. Mm. In other stories, all set for Collins Dowda, others trial. Start cash movement with armored cars. BOG orders. Are the cars even around? Hmm. And then organized labor declares strike on July 10th. The finder says too close to call, but Opoku tipped to win with narrow margin. Also, police assure adequate security in a seen north by elections. Ufwasi Ayrebi gets new post office. And Zipline flies 100,000 anthrax vaccines to Upper East Region. The Anchor newspaper also has a take on the Asin North by-election. And they say the police is deploying 800 officers there. Mm. NDC chairman denies extortion claims. Says he received 3,500 CD token from failed MP aspirant. And Mahama sharing ministerial posts in opposition the business analyst says this morning 79,364 assets registered as uh, collateral in first quarter of 2023 mm-hmm. um, Wisconsin University gets approval from nursing council of Nigeria mm-hmm. to offer nursing program that's interesting mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then this one um, also says that um, Adequate measures in place to ensure security in a scene north. That's according to the police. And scrap needless teacher licensure exams. Kwesi Pratt tells government. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the Daybreak newspaper says, Dramatic U-turn at GRA. 906 transfers on hold. Mm. U.S. Mm. applauds a kufado on economic reforms. Uh And they have the two strike stories. One on the tanker drivers Mm -hmm. and then the other from organized so lots of strike stories what are the business graphic business graphic business says ipps Mm -hmm. demand 30 percent of 1.4 billion dollar debt watch this space keep lights on and they also kick against debt restructuring you know the ipps control our at least 50 percent of our power Mm -hmm. so if they say they don't they are not paid so they want how much 30 percent so they say they want 30 percent of what of the amount they are owed yes to keep the lights on other stories IMF program. <laughs> Let's pay them all. Yo. But where's yeah. the money? Oh, we'll find it. <laughs> IMF program designed to be extended. And will inflation remain high? Is that the is question the question. On page nine. Lots of good stories today. Yeah. Let me give you a few here. City Newsroom. I seen not that Fiamma slams IGP of a directive for bodyguards of MPs to surrender weapons. We heard that on the news. Uh, Meanwhile, Global Infanatics says the race is too close to call. Or it's a race between DC and MPP too close to call. Now, a few other stories. Sit-down strike not aimed at sabotaging government, tanker drivers union. Also, um, a couple stories here. Ban on ruminant from Burkina Faso, Togo reviewed. Mm. Um, UE, uh, sorry, Tita, Tita expresses concern over delay in payment of teacher trainee allowances. And then football fans call for ambulance at sporting venues after referee's death. Charlie. So there's no... No ambulance at you know the, the initial story about the woman who was the referee was beaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was no security at a, a, I think like a second leg several le- level. Two women's yes. Day. Now there's also no uh, ambulance. Uh, the whole incident, isn't it? Yeah. Now if I go to city business, a couple of stories there. Um, 
we are told that USAID commits seven million dollars to support Ghanaian smallholder farmers. Okay. Africa exempts digital platforms to boost trade and economic development. <laughs> City Business Festival focuses on agribusiness value chains today. Now, if you go to my journal online, incumbency abuse and vote buying are devaluing Ghana's democracy, according to Kojo Asante of the CDD. There's also an analysis of Asin North, and they're saying three candidates, one no, one winner, Asin North decides. <coughs> and then Samira Empowerment and Humanitarian Project embarks on BC revision project. Now, I want to just give you a couple of stories globally. Uh, BBC says, angry Putin is seeking to show up support following mutiny. All right. And then new images show Chinese spy balloons over Asia. But my story of the day, mm-hmm. New Zealand to wipe out every last rat. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand. This oh, is, they should invite brothers to Charlie, go and be uh, eating the uh, thing. Uh, Problem no day. New Zealand to wipe out every <laughs> last rat. No, they should give visa to just about 100 people from Actually, a certain uh, part uh, of talk, the jurisdiction. Talk, talking talking about rats, yeah. Yeah. About uh, a month or a month and a half ago, mm. I saw somebody grilling or roasting two large ones in the vicinity. You mean a bull? He was roasting a bull rat. He was roasting a bull rat. Now the greatest. Also, there's a lot of stories about Russia. Putin yeah, is paying tribute to Russian pilots killed fighting the mutineers. Mm. Lots of stories around the Russia issue. But the story of the day, Putin New Zealand. Zealand. But I want you to give me the, uh, you know, Asin North. Okay. summary then you give me the power story because I, okay. I like that story yes okay so so the daily graphic has yes. that now their angle is dealing with security yeah. okay. and the story says um the ghana police service will deploy drones mm-hmm. at conflict prone areas in the asin north constituency to capture situations of conflict and violence in real time during mm-hmm. today's by-election mm-hmm. also no weapon will be allowed at the polling stations in an election which will be supervised strictly by regular police personnel all right so that's on the police side of things now the ec central regional director of the ec gladys pinkrato the daily graphic that the polling stations were located mostly in schools which meant that the rain would not affect voting at those centers all okay. right and then uh, meanwhile this uh, other angle says who wins a sin not seat mm-hmm. of course we do know that there's a poll that is out from uh, the, the poll says it's too close to call to, uh-huh. and then if you go to the ghanaian Times story it says a total of 41,168 registered voters are expected to vote in 99 polling stations across the constituency now three candidates are contesting today's by-elections with charles opoku of the new patriotic party and the national democratic Congresses, mm-hmm. James Jachikwesen as the frontrunners in what is expected to be a keenly contested election. Right. Now, the third candidate is Benis Enyunam Sepenu, representing the Liberal Party of Ghana, which is LPG. And she's viewed uh, by political uh, watchers as, quote-unquote, adding up to the now, now let's look at two strike stories. The first one is the petroleum tanker people. Uh-huh, the second one is the organized labor. Yeah, that story is by... Uh, Ian uh, Morty from Tema. You are still in the Ghanaian Times. Exactly. And it says that the Ghana National Petroleum Drivers Union and the Ghana, uh, what is it, Gas uh, Tanker Drivers Union Mm -hmm. declared an indefinite sit-down industrial action nationwide yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, it claimed that the strike was necessary due to the unmotorable nature of their roads 
from the GTP runabout mm -hmm. at Community 4. Bernard, I told you about this some weeks ago yeah. in Tema, mm -hmm. yeah. in the Greater Accra region, linking the Tema oil refinery mm -hmm. through heavy industrial area to Pone, mm. uh, capital of the Pone, Cantamanso district. Now, speaking in an interview with the Ghanaian Times yesterday, Mr. Raymond Aflo, uh, Secretary of the Ghana National Petroleum Drivers Union, stated that the strike will be effective until government fixed their rules. The rules are really terrible. But, but if you go there... This is Community 4. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Still in strike issues, Sorry. the uh, organized, organized labor... labor. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are on page 6 of the Daily Guide. And what's their issue? Uh, the story says, in a bit to send a strong Sorry. signal to the government... Yes. Still on this as ugly matter. Yes, over the unfair treatment of workers in the country, mm -hmm. organized labor has, de has declared an indefinite strike starting Monday, July 10. Mm. The decision of the group was announced at an emergency meeting with union leaders in Accra after several attempts to get the management of Sunon Asogli Power uh, Company Limited to reinstate the three sacked union leaders proved futile. Mm. Now, Dr. Anthony Barr, who is the Secretary General of the TUC, made the, who made the revelation, said Sunon Asogli Power Ghana was given until June 26 mm. to settle the matter and call the sacked workers back to strike and enter negotiations with the Ghana Mine Workers Union. So it and they haven't like, done this. So is this yes. for all organized labor? Well, that's that. It uh, looks like that. All right. Now let's go to the graphic business front page. Is talking about uh, power IPPs. situation. Yes. yes, and the story is written by Emmanuel Bruce, mm -hmm. and it says even before the government presents a formal proposal mm -hmm. to independent power producers on how it intends to restructure a 1.4 billion dollar debt in a second round of domestic debt rationalization, the group of six says any debt restructuring discussion is mm. off the table. Mm. Consequently, the IPPs have made a demand for the government to immediately pay 30% mm -hmm. of the debt, noting that failure to do so would mean mm. that they could not guarantee power supplies Eesh. beyond June 30. Wow. Now, this stand by the IPPs has sparked fears of an impending load-shedding exercise really? and also threatened the government's objectives of reforming the energy sector under the extended credit facility with the IMF. By the way, the tanker driver strike is not limited to Tema because on City Business News, Asante region tanker drivers have also declared a sit-down strike. So I'm not sure if it's the same issue. Tanker drivers belong to the Ghana National Petroleum Tanker Union in Ashanti region initiated a nationwide sit-down strike to draw attention to the deteriorating condition of roads leading to Kumasi depot of Bost. So it's not just an Accra issue. According to the drivers, the recent onset of heavy rains has further worsened road conditions, posing a significant risk to the transportation of flammable petroleum products. The drivers said they were concerned about the safety hazards posed by the bad roads, which hindered the movement of tankers to and from the depot. And they spoke to Edmond Baba. This is the City mm -hmm. Business News. Ashanti is now chairman of the Ghana National Petroleum Tanker Association who emphasized that the sit-down strike will persist until all necessary road repairs are undertaken. Mm -hmm. So, guys, this petrol thing, let's be careful. Though. Yep. Let's come to other stories. I'm still talking about transportation. If you go to the Chronicle, uh, mm. the editorial for this morning deals with the uh, issue of Amod uh, billion dollars. Yeah, and mm -hmm. after the Ablekuma exactly. attack. Uh -huh. um, the Chronicle basically has written a brilliant editorial and says the Chronicle does not want to bore readers with more examples about how we have recklessly continued to the deaths of uh, promising um, police officers and how their careers have been abruptly ended. But to stress that from the above records, the narrative is getting scarier hmm. and for which reason all stakeholders must support the central bank in ensuring the safety of police officers 
who offer escort services in the country. In other words, mm. they want bully, proper bullion vans. Well, talking yeah. about talking about safety, let me take you to football. Mm. Football fans call for ambulance at sporting venues after referee's death. You know, we have one constituency, one ambulance. But Sky, we need so many more Too ambulances. Many. It's like how, we have 30 million Too people. Many. So if you have 200 and something ambulances, it's good, but it's yeah. not enough, right? Football fans in the home municipality are calling on the relevant authorities to make an ambulance available at sporting venues following the death of a referee at the host sports stadium on Sunday, June 25. The referee, who was also a police officer, oh, <laughs> met his untimely death after collapsing while watching the finals of the Volta. FA Division 2 Middle League between Home Stars and Inter Allies. Okay. Fans say the availability of an ambulance at the facility during the match could have prevented the death of the officer and are calling on authorities to provide ambulance services as sporting events. Now, the GFA presidency and other elections are being held. Mm-hmm. I really hope that somebody's campaigning on the mm-hmm. basis of improving the safety of footballers, mm-hmm. the safety of referees, mm-hmm. yeah. and of fans. Quality you know, these are... In many, in many serious countries, you can't have a football game without proper paramedics. Yes, because it's a high... You know, people have died yeah, on the field. They, like, they, they, they beat up a referee mm-hmm. and there was no security to protect her. Mm-hmm. A referee dies, there's no ambulance to convey them. You know, and if we say we want to develop the game, these are the things we should add to the game. It's not just about strikers scoring goals and black stars. No, football is a development issue, sure, not sure. just an entertainment issue. So we are approaching football like Yankoshe Black Stars. No, look at the number of jobs. Imagine, Sky, imagine if you had an ambulance each at every football park. Yep. Do you know the number of football matches played? Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people are employed in every ambulance? Mm-hmm. About four people. Yep. Do you know? So it, and that's how you grow an economy. But we are looking at football like entertainment. We are like children yeah. playing in the market. Yes. You know, there's so much value in football, and we are just watching the game. We don't protect our referees, and there's no standards. I agree with you. It's terrible. I agree with you. You can't have an ambulance at the football match. For me, it even goes beyond that. And we spend all our money on black stars. Anyway, uh, Sky, we're talking about that. Page six of uh, the Daily Guide Mm -hmm. also has the BOG's directive. Mm -hmm. They call it an order, Mm -hmm. and they are telling all financial institutions to use armored plated bullion vans mm-hmm. for cash transportation okay now the ghana association of banks had already planned to implement the use of such vehicles starting from july 1 mm-hmm. but it looks like following the latest episode at ablekuma they um, they want to you know up the ante we should reduce the the uh, look mm-hmm. Sky. i was i was uh, uh, we, we, when we, i saw uh, that notice from uh, uh, what they call the what's the name of the which one? MTN. MTN. But they say they have since. Yeah, they are, they're put on. And the other point is that even Sky, even the E levy reduced the progress we made with reducing cash because mm, you yeah. have to scrap you, you, it. You can't be having. I don't know about the country you went to study. Do they carry money plenty like that? No. You, you, you know, Charlie. Card, you know, let's use the card, card and things. Yeah, that's Let, what we should. Do. Let's go to other stories. Okay, KNUST says it is ready to recycle plastic waste for industrial purposes. That great story uh, on the environment is on page 9 of the Chronicle. And it says the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, KNUST, is set to mobilize and recycle plastic waste of AIDIAC, uh, mm-hmm. a community within the university, for mm-hmm. industrial purposes. Now, the university has therefore donated 50 customized waste bins mm-hmm. categorized into organic and plastic waste to the community. Now, Professor Elisa Usu Dabo, who is a pro Vice Chancellor of the KNUST at a community engagement at uh, EDUS, he said, mm-hmm. plastic pollution alters habitats and natural processes, mm-hmm. reducing the ecosystem's ability to adapt to climate change, mm-hmm. which affects millions of people and their lives. We want to see more of this. Exactly. I, I, I saw mm-hmm. two things at Legon. I drove past Legon. Mm-hmm. I saw a Toyota Center mm-hmm. 
that's yeah. a, and, and they partner with the university and engineering mm-hmm. and i saw a waste water treatment plant, plant financed by the uh, african development bank close to the botanical gardens mm-hmm. and KNUST is also doing uh, plastic recycling we need to see our universities become more relevant to their communities mm-hmm. so professor ellis double congratulations this is yep. fantastic yep. keep up the good work Great. let's come to nathan the daybreak newspaper has something from the gre all right now the story says uh, the ghana revenue authority customs division mm. has reversed its decisions to transfer some 906 workers okay now the gre had in a May 29, 2023 circular mm. to all staff, argue that the mass posting was necessary in order to place staff with certain experiences at the right places as well as correcting distortions. Public service transfers mm. can be punishment. <laughs> Sky, when you annoy me, I'll transfer you to... <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll transfer you to Vlitoji. <laughs> you know Vlitoji? Vlitoji <laughs> is near the hallway and too good. When you get you get, you get empty. <laughs> <laughs> you just be you'll be seeing Togo network. <laughs> yeah, good morning to Peter Amel. So I wanted to interview John Peter Amel uh, and he was a Vlitoji. So <laughs> <laughs> when I called him, the number went to Togo. <laughs> he was campaigning, that he went to Togo. Vlitoji. I'll transfer you there. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Uh, John Peter, like how many hours drive so I, I was supposed to interview hours. on point of view. <laughs> so when we planned that, when I call him, that is just speaking French. <laughs> hey, Charlie's guy, Charlie, the, the guy was campaigning and really told you. Yeah, but did he, uh, did he, uh, did he, he did the show. Did the show. Yeah, so they will uh, report. <laughs> from, from, he answered the call from Vlitoji. Yeah, yeah, he will reach yeah. Vlitoji. John so Peter, Charlie, we need railway. We need the railway to finish. Oh, uh, Peter, uh, you have to finish the railway. Yes, the railway. Yeah, it's very important. You have to finish that railway. Otherwise, Charlie, you go scot free. Now, let me give you the rat story if you have it. So the main story globally is Russia. So Charlie Putin is not happy at all. Angry Putin wants to show up supportfully in the mutiny. So President Putin, the Russian president. Uh, made his first TV appearance on Monday evening following Yevgeny, uh, what's the man's Precaution. name? Prigozhin's rebellion on Saturday. He said the leaders of last weekend's uh, Wagner mutiny wanted to see Russia choked in a bloody strife. He vowed to bring them to justice, but said Wagner troops would be allowed to join the army, go to Belarus, or return home. So that's story one. Mm-hmm. But the story that worries me in New Zealand, mm-hmm. it says New Zealand seeks to exterminate predators to save nati- native birds. Wow. So basically, they want to protect birds in the area of a place called Wellington. Uh-huh. And they want to do that by reading the area of rats. Charlie. Every last one of them. Charlie, just import the brothers. Charlie, they say they want to check coil traps. Thank you. And toxin lace bait oh, boxes. That's, that's Carlos. You know, you know, Gamo. <laughs> they want to catch. They are using a GPS app. Which guides the people through the bush <laughs> devices to the root of the rats. They must have forgotten wow, rats now, <laughs> eradicating rats and other predators is the goal not just for this person but mm-hmm. for all of New Zealand. Yes. The government expects the task to be completed by 2050. Uh-huh. Now, the largest study to have removed all rats in South Georgia and the US did uh, in, this, in, in New Zealand mm. did this some time ago. We are, we are basically saying that the rats are feasting on the kiwi, oh, which is a national symbol. Okay. Uh-huh. And they are not happy that the rats are dealing with the kiwis. But the rats also have a right to live. They prefer kiwi to rat. Oh, so we, too, we can prefer what we want. That is okay. Yeah. So, so some people prefer pangolin. Some prefer something. <laughs> but they, they say they want to... The kiwi is their national uh-huh. symbol. And the well, rats it, are feeding on the and, and this started from 1960. Oh, I see. So they wanted to clear rats from many parts of the island. Oh, Charlie. That's, uh, but from 20 temple have been serious about trying to remove rats yeah but the uh, environmentalists what do they have they say they lose 26 million birds a year to predators 
think it balances the ecosystem, doesn't it? No, human beings want to interfere. They should just export them to some place. Some people need it for something. <laughs> I'm saying that they should actually import. In fact, in 2016, a law, a law mm-hmm. marked the worst predators for eradication. Three types of rats: Pacific rat, mm-hmm. sheep rat, Norway rat. Look at that. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and, and, <laughs> now, so this. So, so in 2016, they came up with a law to ex- eradicate three rats: mm-hmm. the Pacific rat, the sheep rat, and the Norway, and the Norway rat. rat. Now, there's one called Stuart weasels and ferrets and <laughs> possums uh-huh. yes. and they wanted to finish it by 2050 yeah. but the rats are very resilient yes. you that rat, eh? you, before you you know you, you you know you before you cut it open no? uh-huh. you do tea you know you write a letter t uh-huh. so you you do a, a cut across the let me let me give you more and then you yeah. do a long yes. Yes. now it says that the, the projects the, the project's 36 yeah. strong team turned amateur rat catchers into proper exterminators <laughs> it supplied them with anticoagulant poison wow. which is much more effective than traps as well as gps app which stores information for every device in real time cameras have been installed in hot boxes if any rat shows up <laughs> they said they will know where they are. <laughs> Every rat found dead is sent to the lab for autopsy. <laughs> this is crucial because anticoagulants by design kill slowly. Okay. Rats are intelligent social animals and mm-hmm. learn to avoid things that obviously harm them. Mm-hmm. As a poison rat dies away from a bait box, mm-hmm. predator free Wellington needs the autopsies to monitor effectiveness. To do autopsy on the rats. Yeah, because the rats are killing the birds. <laughs> I need to call Professor, uh, what's the name, Chris Gordon, to check whether this is ethical. I, I think that because we the rat lovers are not. Why should? Why do you want to kill rats because of kill? We don't go agree. We have to protest. We have to write to their parliament. Yeah, we will write to them. And we have to deny them it <laughs> for killing rats. It's very important. They can't do that. Fred, do good money. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. City Business News with Ni Latte. Latte, good morning, Ni. Good morning, Bernard. Hello to you out there. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, IPPs lament government posturing over outstanding arrears ahead of this week's meeting in demand for death settlement. Also, fuel shortage looms amid economic downturn following strike by petroleum tankers drivers. We get to hear from the LPG Marketers Association on the impact of the strike. I am Ni Lati Lati. Here are the details. Now, the Chamber of Independent Power Producers, Distributors and Bulk Consumers, Ghana, says government's posture over their calls for it to pay outstanding arrears owed them is baffling. The Chamber last month in a letter to government stated that they will not be in a position to guarantee continued generation of electricity if the, par- if the government rather fails to pay them 30% of outstanding arrears owed its members. As a result, the IPPs last week Thursday again threatened to suspend power supply beginning July 1 if the government does not respond positively to their calls. Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber, Elik Pim- Kwabla Apetogbo has been speaking to City Business News on the issue. 
we've not received any response officially from the recipients, any of the recipients. Oh, you know, from the very onset, we indicated our difficulties, our frustrations. You remember we wrote earlier around 27th of March, indicating our frustration doing business with ECG. Basically, we are not receiving payment for our services. And a second reminder uh, went on the same subject. We've not received any feedback on that. And we are sending a final reminder that we are not able to stretch ourselves ourselves beyond June 30th. We are very much aware of the consequences of this will cause. We, why should we take pride in it? Uh, shutting down our, the power plants. No, we know the consequences. So uh, we are not just doing it for doing its sake. It's just for the mere fact that we lack the resource to continue our operations. Honestly, uh, it's, uh, let me use this word that it shows lack of concern for the public, lack of respect to the investor. And actually, uh, it has not paints a good image of the country. It, it raises the country risk level for any future investment. That was the CEO of the Independent Power Producers, Distributors and Bulk Consumers, Elik Prim Kwabla Apetogbo. Meanwhile, the government and the IPPs are said to have a meeting regarding the outstanding arrears owed to the producers this week. The objective of the meeting is to establish a payment plan that will address the issue and avoid any power supply interruptions. Away from that, and the fortunes of the country's economy is expected to take a major hit if the ongoing strike by the petroleum tanker drivers persists. This is the concern of the LPG Marketers Association of Ghana. There are also concerns of a looming shortage of petroleum products, which could disrupt business activities. There is more in the following report. After suffering its worst economic crisis in a generation, Ghana's economy is gradually showing signs of recovery. However, with the city still depreciation and inflation on the rise, the economy is not out of the woods yet. There are renewed concerns that the economy could experience another recession if the issues with the tanker drivers are not swiftly addressed. Now we have some amount of fuel in the stations, but you know it has to be fed by these drivers. The, the, the tanks at the station needs to be replenished. But once we dry up the fuel that we have in the system, I can assure you that this can grind the economy to a halt. And, and this is an economy that is struggling to, to, to revive itself from, from the devastating effect of COVID. Gabriel Kumi is the vice president of the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Marketers Association. Gabriel Kumi also called on the finance ministry to quickly make funds available for the rehabilitation of the roads in the petroleum enclave in order for the drivers to resume work. Something, something drastic needs to happen as immediately as possible mm. to get this legitimate demand of our drivers resolved. In this fight, we need to get the commitment of both the road minister, he has to, get a, he has to be committed to fix the roads, and the finance ministry needs to also be committed to release the necessary funds to get these roads fixed. And we are appealing to all those ministries that it's time to fix this. At times where we take excavated there and when the driver goes back to work, everything is gone back to business as usual. They should properly fix this because the amount of uh, taxes being generated from these depots are, are so enormous that uh, we don't even expect this situation to even exist in the first place. 
You heard the vice president of the LPG Marketers Association, Gabriel Kumi, ending that report by my colleague, Nashika Caesar. Moving on, the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry is pushing for strengthened macroeconomic management to support the operations of businesses in the country. The push is coming at a time business owners are reeling under the impact of harsh business conditions, but the Chamber insists that government must be mindful of its fiscal recovery measures to correct the imbalances in the economy. Mark Bidouabwaja, Executive Director of the Chamber, tells City Business News that the private sector needs cushioning through the elimination of major barriers of production. The macroeconomic management and the micro, they complement each other. But we have used the macro, which is the fiscal and the monetary, to weaken the micro. But the micro is the foundation, that is the productive sector. If you have a very strong micro, you can easily resolve your macro issues. So if you look at the countries that are doing well in the management of their, of their macro, they have resolved all the challenges at the firm level, the industry level. So the private sector is strong, the manufacturing center is strong, and they are producing. The focus is on production. When you solve that, then the businesses will be able to pay more taxes. The businesses will now be able to produce the goods that you are importing. So, for instance, we are saying that we import almost everything. The reason being that we don't produce locally. So we have empowered and incentivized our uh, local industries to produce the goods that we are import, import substitution. The dollar that we will require to import, that dollar will be here. And also those that are producing will begin to export and you will get the foreign revenue to show up your balance of payment. In that case, we will not go and borrow or Executive Director of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mark Bedu Abwaji, speaking there. Now, as part of efforts to make the poultry sector more cost-effective and sustainable, the Ghana Incentive-Based Risk-Sharing System for Agricultural Land and Gas says it is crucial for government to implement measures to help stem the high cost of production of feed that the sector continues to battle with. This, according to the Chief Executive Office of Gesal, Techi Sraha, comes as government has failed over the years to keep the high importation of poultry products, leading to rampant job losses locally. He made the remarks on the honor series of the 2023 edition of the City Business Festival on the topic, Opportunities in the Agric Value Chain. The cost of maize and soya has gone so high, and it constitutes close to 60% of the, of the feed cost. So if that, cost, uh, that ingredient component is so high, then it makes the, 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 the cost of operation uh, so high. So in the end, uh, you produce chicken, uh, which is uh, far higher than the, the imported. We need to address that challenge in terms of how can we support farmers to, to produce maize more efficiently, achieve the, the, the potential yield of five, six uh, metric tons per hectare instead of the uh, averaging 1.9, uh, 1.8. That was the Chief Executive Officer of Gesal, Tichi Sraha. The full interview on the topic opportunities in the agri-value chain comes off at 9 a.m. on the City Breakfast Show. Meanwhile, the final forum of the City Business Festival 2023 will be held later today on the topic understanding and leveraging agribusiness value chains. Join our panel of experts as they discuss opportunities in the agribusiness value chain and the best ways to take advantage of them live on City TV at 11 a.m. The panel will include 
William Nettie, head of agribusiness at Absa Bank Ghana Limited, Dr. Ruja Canton, former chief research scientist of CSIR, Kwesi Kobo, CEO of Gesal, and Alberta Nana Echa Akosa, founder of AgriHouse Foundation. The 2023 edition of the City Business Festival is powered by City TV and City FM in partnership with APSA and is proudly sponsored by MTN Momo, MTN Business and ZP with support from Gesal. On the interbank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar remained unchanged and is selling at 10 cities 99 pesos. The British pound lost 2 pesos and is selling at 13 cities 98 pesos. The euro also lost 1 peso and is selling at 11 cities 99 pesos. However, as some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at 11 cities 75 pesos, while the British pound is selling at 15 cities and the euro is going for 12 cities 75 pesos. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanati of Data Bank for the latest updates on the bonds market. Investors' demand for T-bills bounced back last week as the government raised 2.28 billion Ghana cities, exceeding the gross target by 3.5%. The 91-day yield increased 128 basis points to 22.97%, while the 182-day and the 364-day yield advanced to 25.44% and 29.25% respectively. The secondary bond market remained lively last week, with a total volume traded of 112.9 million Ghana cities. The four-year bond maturing on February 2027 dominated market activity, contributing 84% of the total market turnover. The Data Bank Bond Index advanced to 81.89 points, with a weighted yield to maturity of 12.85%. That was Mark Jordan Sikanati of Data Bank with the latest updates on the bonds market. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by our most comprehensive business news website, citynewsbusinessnews.com. My name is Ni Lati Lati. Have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. I see me sitting silence, sipping my liquor, making no link up. I'm picking no ghost. Ay, 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 this generation. We know they get a man this focus. We know they hear what we show up. Hey, but the money there, that be where we there. Chilling like it's a holiday, but we still got bills to pay. Oh, time is money, so we know they joke. Focus on global, no local. No, don't local. As I suffer, they get. I never they regret. If you suffer, you go get. Right, before kickoff, we have a couple of quick announcements for you. And uh, the city business was brought to us by, yes, MTN. by MTN. MTN says with SME Plus, you get to manage all your operational costs in communication. Now, this service simply allows you to choose from affordable packages and enjoy talk time. Get in touch with MTN on 244 or dial star 5060 hash to sign up today. Kickoff is up next. Brought to us uh, 
Okay, before that though, the city business was also brought to us by Goyle. Goyle is saying that get to any of their service stations and choose from the wide range of products. They have Goyle Super XP Run 95 and Diesel XP, the best quality fuels with high performance in town for your vehicle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, yeah, yeah, DM. Kickoff is next, brought to us by Lechejo. Lechejo giving you the best in terms of investments. Get in touch with them on 0577-707-700 and open a fixed deposit account today. Lechejo, a trusted safe haven for your investments. Lechejo, let's improve lives. And Shell is also bringing us kickoff and they're saying that Trotsky, taxi truck and bus drivers buying fuel at Shell just got more rewarding. You get all kinds of amazing prizes when you go to fill up at Shell. Take your driving experience to the next level join the shell club today and keep filling up for more benefits because driver shell day for you Well, you're live on CT 97.3 FM. This is Kickoff with me, Evan Sofuchuman. So coming up, it's match day for the Black Meteors against host nation Morocco at the under-23 AFCON. We'll get to hear from the head coach of the Black Meteors, Ibrahim Tanko, and his goalkeeper, Danlad Ibrahim. Also, check out the latest transfer news where the chase for this player is on. Petkovski dispossessed and on the floor, here goes Rice. Antonio is with him. Still Declan Rice! What a goal from the captain! All this and more on kickoff with me, Evan Sufuchimanso. Alright, let's get into the details of the stories now. And the Black Meteors head coach, Ibrahim Tanko, is confident his team will be victorious against Morocco in the under-23 AFCON today. A win for Ghana can all but seal her place in the semi-finals. And both the Meteors and the Moroccan under-23 team won their first group matches. And Tanko is expecting a very tough match at 8 p.m. today. Yeah, we are looking forward uh, to this game and um, both teams have won their first match and I'm sure that it's going to be a very good game. After each game, um, you come out with your feelings and I told the boys my feelings and everything is, is good now. We have to prepare for the next game, definitely. Yeah, we have today and to get everything on course. So definitely I'm cool now and we are ready to uh, the game. Both team won and definitely Moroccans have um, their strategy for the second game. So are we. So yeah, and I have a training today with my team and uh, what we are going to do to, I mean, have a very good game. But this is what we're going to do. All right. So that's the head coach of the Black Meteors, Ibrahim Tanko, speaking ahead of the game against Morocco today now for the Black Meteors goalkeeper Danlad Ibrahim he expressed his uh, readiness to help show that he helps his team to beat Morocco today we are, we are very prepared um, as we won our first game all of us won the, the first game you know um, probably it will be a nice game tomorrow and uh, for the for the players we are very prepared and also we are going all out for the game and we know the outcome of the game will determine um, 
the qualification for both teams. So in camp, we are cool, no pressure. We are just uh, coming out to give our best. And inshallah, what comes in, we give things to until now. When we get a win, definitely we will be we will just qualify to the next stage. So um, we will just learn our mistakes from the previous game. We go in all out, we concentrate on 90 minutes, and inshallah we know we will win. So that's the goalkeeper for the Black Meteors, Dalad Ibrahim, with persistent inshallah there. Confident that they're going to win against Morocco today. And before the Ghana versus Morocco clash at 8 p.m., Congo will play Guinea at 5 p.m. in the other Group A fixture. So look out for these two games today in the Under-23 AFCON. Now let's come and do more stories on the local scene. And former Kumasi Asante Kotoko striker Mark Eduamofa has urged the Ghana Football Association to reconsider their strategies concerning the declining state of Colts football in the country, the former Black Meteors attacker expressed his thoughts during the AA Sports International launch, where he praised Asamoah Jan for his contribution to the development of youth football through the Baby Jets Under-16 football tournament. Now, I'm very happy for him. Um, he has done a lot ever since he handed his, his boot. Now, I've seen him doing a couple of initiatives, which is very good. I encourage others to come out to also do it. You know, uh, he's a true legend, and we are all looking up to him because he was my senior at Liberty. So, yeah, I mean, we should we should all praise and adore. We, we should count ourselves lucky to have somebody like like him around, who is willing to get into grassroots and develop. My main issue of this is uh, I came from uh, the coast era and um, now there is no coast games anymore. I, this is one of my plea, appeal to the FA to bring back the coast because we are suffering now not what we are doing now. It's because they destroyed the coast system some years back and the replication is what we see now. So I'm very happy he's, he's doing all those initiatives. So that's Mark Eduamofa, former striker for Kumase Asante Kotoko, and his message to the Ghana Football Association regarding the revival of Colts football. Now, in a historic achievement, Ghana secured her first ever medal at the African Beach Games in Tunisia with uh, tech ball teenagers Sylvester Okonote and Daniel Fobi claiming a bronze. Now, despite being the lowest ranked team in the competition, the duo showcased their skills and a straight set victory over their more experienced Iswatini counterparts. And uh, certainly a good one there for Ghana winning bronze at that tournament in Tunisia. Good time to hear from the elated president of the Ghana Olympic Committee, Ben Nunumensa. For us back in Ghana, uh, it's a game that is very, very new. We haven't developed as much as you know, the Algerians or the Tunisians or even the guys from Estatini. So for these young boys who start from behind, from, from way, way, way behind, and we have a great image of Ghana here in Tunis, uh, in Hamamat. It's just unbelievable. And we're all very excited. We're very excited. At least we're sure that we're coming home with a bronze medal from this game. I mean, we're a very small contingent. You know, if, we're, if you're coming home with, just, with a bronze medal, that is a Ben Nunumensa also used the achievement to call for more government support for other least finance sports. Yes. You know, it's, it's very 
cannot have a nation like Ghana. Football is a passion. Yes, it's not a passion. Let's give football all the support and all the financial needs that they want. But please, for Christ's sake, there are other Ghanaian young boys and girls who are talented in other sports and discipline, like you just witnessed here in Tech Ball. Can we just give them a little bit, maybe about 1% of what we're spending on the black staff? And these guys will always be the image of Ghana. That is what I want. I want us to be. It's, it's, it definitely has to be. And others for there are so many other disciplines that got we have so many young guys who are good. You have the bad beating, you have table tennis, there's so many other disciplines. So that's Ben Unumensa, president of the Ghana Olympic Committee. He wants just 1% of the Black Stars money spent on the other sporting disciplines as well. Now let's move to England and uh, Jordan Ayew's 75-year-old manager at Crystal Palace. Roy Hoxson will continue his role for the upcoming season after agreeing to stay on. And he's currently on holiday and is set to sign his contract upon his return. In some transfer stories, Manchester City have made a bid of £90 million for West Ham United captain Declan Rice. And uh, we know in a Sunday, the breakdown is £80 million up front and then £10 million in add-ons. As now we understand, will make a third proposal also for Declan Rice. Luka Modric has signed a new one-year contract extension at Real Madrid until 2024. RB Leipzig wants 100 million euros for Manchester City targets, Joshua uh, Vadiol, and we understand that uh, second round of negotiations will continue between the two teams. Paris Saint-Germain closing in on a deal for Theo Hernandez. Uh, from Bayern Munich as well. And before I go, let's do some tennis updates. And fresh off her French Open victory, world number one, Iga Shoviantek made a strong start to her grass court season by defeating Tatiana Maria uh, last year's Wimbledon semi-final, 5-7-6-2-6-love uh, in the Bad Homburg Open. So good one there, has to prepares for the Wimbledon, which is set to start soon. That's the latest in the world of sports here on kickoff on CT 97.3 FM. We are back 5 p.m. with Sports Flash and then log on to City TV. You're tuning to City TV, I should say, 10 p.m. tonight. Yeah, 10 p.m. tonight for the City Sports Roundup. And uh, enjoy most of our stories also on citysportsonline.com. Follow us also on social media at citysportsgh on Twitter and citysports on uh, YouTube as well. My handle at pichichigh. Hasta la proxima from me, Evans Ofochu Manso. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation.
when will there ever be another entertainer as gifted and talented and breathtakingly <laughs> awesome like Michael Jackson? Oh my God. If you were if you were in Ghana in the eighties and you were watching GBC Black and White Television, there was a certain time they would show Smooth Criminal. They would show this particular music video. I think they had, that was one of the few originals they had. The the, the actual the the so the the edited for TV is like four four and a half minutes. The actual length of the music is like nine. It's minutes. nine minutes, like the whole story. Yeah, it's like, actually part of like the Moonwalker movie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So if watch she enters some brothel, stands there quietly, and then like people are watching what he's going to do. Then he pretends to take a gun. Everybody's looking at him. <laughs> then he throws the coin. The, the coin falls in the, the slot machine. Then, then the music starts. The music starts. <laughs> and then Charlie, he's and my favorite part, like some guy was trying to stab him. Yeah. And then, then he, he takes out a gun and shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> and then some small boy comes and starts dancing. They are, they are outside yeah, watching yeah, Charlie. Charlie. And then last show, kill a rugby. So soldiers came around to kill him. But the dance moves, and you know, I was at a program this weekend where the, the kids were doing choreography. I went to a youth church and they were doing a youth ministry, so they were doing choreography. And so, like, for missing dance, and I sort of appreciated the effort it took them to get it. They were like eight people, teenagers, and they were doing nice for missing dance. Time when you watch Michael Jackson and his smooth criminal people doing that. <laughs> yeah, but just Charlie's people, it's high level criminal. Charlie's guy is like the same height, uh-huh. the same shadow, he wears white, the rest are in like black. With his yeah. captain Armand. So before, <laughs> Kuro, before <laughs> choreography, Michael Jackson. Well, there's always been choreography. Yeah. There's always been that. And then the other thing that shocked me was that he did, he went to Germany to do a live stage yeah, stadium yeah. performance of this yeah. and he reenacted yeah, it on the stage yeah, like the same live, thing yeah. you know and he gave them the same effect right. the criminals surrounded him he shot <laughs> them with his shining you know the, 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 the biggest the, the biggest takeaway the best from this video is the epic lean Charlie they do and Charlie. many for many Charlie. people they've been trying to do the lean Charlie. but a lot of people don't know that it's a, it's a trick of technology so this is it now. Ah, so it didn't actually lean forward. They didn't lean forward. So this was it. Now in the sequence, mm. so where they dance, there's mm. a mechanism beneath the stage that locks their shoes in place. So their heels have a certain ah. thing in there. So it locks the heel in place. So you can lean forward so and they not can fall. Can lean in all directions and not fall out of your shoes. But to even dance in the shoes he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but there are two things there. The 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 that part came after this. For the, the actual video, he they used harnesses. What's the meaning of that? So he there were strings. Ah, okay. They were held in place. Uh-huh. So it was for the stage performances the that, that they, they developed. Charlie, the lock. Because I was shoes. like, how is this guy going to do this thing live? Charlie, guy, the guy leaned almost but forty-five degrees. The, the leaning on the stage was actually very difficult because you still need to have significant upper body, upper body strength. strength to do the lean. Yeah. And there were four. There were four. Yeah. Charlie. He was willing to try things. You know? yeah, yeah, and you could yeah. tell the preparation. You know, I was asking myself watching this thing, like the level of rehearsal you need. To, mm-hmm. Because the whole thing was like a movie script mm-hmm. where the lights would go off, he would do some sequence, they would dance, they would go off stage, they would cover this. I mean. <laughs> Alright, so this morning there are three big things we're doing on the show, probably four. So the first one, obviously, I seen not. We'll just give you snippets of the situation. The lesson is going to happen. Uh, the main thing to watch out for is the weather and of course the tension if there's going to be any and of course throughout the day we'll be bringing you coverage of the Asin North by election two stories of concern this morning uh, strike action by tanker drivers 
which could have an effect on the availability of different kinds of fuel. Uh, we spoke in, yeah, because there is, it's a nationwide strike. And the, f- the, the reason they are striking is what is interesting. Why? Over the nature of the roots. We order. No, the nature of the roots. Uh, you know, sorry. and they're saying that the nature of the roots is endangering them. Yes. Right? Which roots? The roots leading to the depots. Mm. So, the, and they're saying I, that. I, I disagree with them. You, you, let's uh, listen uh, to them first. So, do you know you wait? That's I'm number one. To them. I'm coming to that. <laughs> then, number two. I, the story in the graphic business, which IPPs <laughs> demand thirty percent. Yes, I want I want to speak to Mr. Apetok, but quickly on this okay. because Mm-mm. I think that the is, that is a problem. Yes, the story is understated, but you see, I I saw an initial story on on Bloomberg on this last month yeah. Yeah. when the discussion about the external restructuring was going to happen. Yeah. And a significant amount of our debt is to these IPPs. Yes. So, yeah. Sky, if you can just give me the highlights of this story. In fact, yesterday so, mm-hmm. I received an email on this uh-huh. asking what is happening. Yeah. You know, so this one here is not understated like that. It's yeah. a big problem. It's a serious story. So, mm-hmm. apparently, an IPPs, I don't know, the last time I interviewed uh, them, they, they, I think at least 50 something percent of our power mm. is supplied by independent power producers. So, let me just uh, tell you about this story, which is um, on the front page of the graphic business. It's by Emmanuel Bruce, and it says IPPs demand 30 percent of 1.4 billion US dollar debt to keep lights on, and they are kicking against debt restructuring. The story says even before government presents a formal proposal to the independent power producers, IPPs on how it intends to restructure a $1.4 billion debt in a second round of domestic debt rationalization. Uh, The group of six say any debt restructuring discussion, quote-unquote, is off the table. Wow. Now, consequently, the IPPs have made a demand for the government to immediately pay 30% of the debt, noting that failure to do so will mean they can't guarantee power supplies beyond June 30, 2023. That's just in a couple of days. Can you repeat that line? <laughs> they said, <laughs> consequently, <laughs> consequently, the IPPs have made a demand for the government to immediately pay 30% of the debt, noting that failure to do so would mean they can't guarantee power supplies beyond the 30th of June 2023. Hey. Now, this time, uh, by the IPPs, Basically, they are saying that they are threatening government's objectives of reforming the energy sector, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, following the, propo- uh, the approval of Ghana's IMA program by the executive board in May, the Bretton Woods institutions, the story continues on page six, mm-hmm. uh, released the first tranche of $600 million out of the $3 billion uh, support we asked for. Now, a key condition uh, to trigger the additional $600 million budgetary support, which is due in September, is for the government to initiate measures to reform the energy sector, which is reeling under legacy debts totaling $2 billion U.S. billion as of May 2023, and an estimated debt projection of $5.9 billion U.S. billion between 2023 and 2025. Now, it is expected that the structural reforms we're talking about in the energy sector will reduce the shortfall by at least 2.95 billion US dollars over the period. Now, as per the reforms, the government is seeking to also restructure its debt of about 1.4 billion US dollars mm-hmm. owed to six independent power producers between January 2022 and March 2023. Now, the government is, however, faced with some challenges in this regard, as the IPPs, who produce about 65%, but are not 50%, 65. 65% of the country's thermal power, 
have um, from the onset rejected any debt restructuring proposal. Now, the six IPPs are Car Powership, Sonona Sogli, Power Ghana Limited, General, Twin City Energy, and Senate Energy. Now, the story goes on to provide further details and says and it's that interesting in that is, is the same Sonona Sogli mm-hmm. that uh, is triggering is organized, triggering organized labor's nationwide strike. strike. So, there's a, a lot of things happening in this story. Mm-hmm. Six IPPs yep. together form the Independent Power Producers Association. Mm-hmm. They are owed close to $1.5 billion. More than that, actually. In, in debt. I'll check that with Ellie mm-hmm. shortly. They are saying that if you don't get at least 30% of that money, mm-hmm. by end of the week, mm-hmm. they will not supply any more power. Yeah. I don't know what the agreements we've signed means mm-hmm. in terms of whether you are not paid and whether you can turn off the light or not. We will confirm the percentage of power the IPPs supply and then see if there's a link between all of this and the challenges that are going on with the Sudan Asugli in relation to organized labor. Eli Plim, Afetogbo, is the CEO of the Independent Power Producers Chamber. Eli Plim, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Just to clarify the, the facts, first of all, uh, these independent power producers, how many are you who are owed by government? What's the number of companies? Right. Uh, we are six in number. With regard to the debt in question. Yes, I'm talking about the debt in question. So how many IPPs are owed? Six. 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 And and the, the six are the the ones Richard mentioned in the story, just for clarity's sake. I just wanted to, to be sure yeah, of that. That is uh, Senate, TC, that is Twin City Energy, Sun Power, AXA, Car Powership, and Sunan Asogli. And in total, how much does the government owe you? Over what period? Okay, it depends on uh, the time you are looking at. If it is at the end of March, we are talking about 1.4 billion US dollars. If it is at the end of April, we are talking about 1.56 billion US dollars. Then, if it is May, we are talking about 1.73 billion US dollars. But our demand is based on the March position. That is 1.4 billion. And this March 1.4. The money's extend how far back? Well, I would say it dates back to January 2000, 2021, because uh, January 2022, we indicated some time back that as at the first quarter of uh, 2022, we had about 300 million outstanding. And the piling up started, and we raised alarm when it was 700 million US dollars in September. And here we are in 2023, main specifically, we are counting 1.73 billion. Wonderful. Now, is it also correct that the IPPs supply 65% of Ghana's? Is it Ghana's total power, Ghana's thermal power? Okay, we can look at it from the entire generation mix. If we are looking from that angle, we can say we are doing 46%. But if we are looking at the thermal generation, we are doing over 67%. But mind you, okay. it is an issue of reliability or availability. So we can say we are doing close to 70% of the total generation. I thought you said 46% of total generation and then 67% of thermal. Right. Now, the 
are the debts owed collectively or individually? And by that I mean you've put the figure to 1.4 for March, but I guess everybody has different components. So who is the the largest creditor to government of power in this group? Well, the position is a collective one, and I wouldn't be able to disclose the individual uh, receivables from the government. All right. I, I, I asked that because I, I thought that the government would make the payments individually, so that if, exactly. uh, depending on the type of power you supply and your location, if somebody is not paid, obviously it will affect their abil- ability to supply power. So that's why I was going with this. That, that, that notwithstanding, what has been government's response to, to your, your requests? Uh, I would say uh, we have received some call-ups from some engagement. We don't know the outcome of it. We, by Thursday, we should be able to tell where we have gotten to. But all right, I'm asking this because of the the report that says that if by 30th of June nothing is done, then the power would be uh, as in. in but let me let me quote what you are you are, you are said to have said that if government feels in honoring your demand, you cannot stretch yourselves beyond June 30. What what are you trying to say by that? I confirm that uh, basically we are saying that we lack the resource to continue generation beyond the 30th of June. Because if you follow up our stories, we indicated in March, we raised an alarm that we are giving them up to the end of March to pay something to us to guarantee supply. We didn't hear from them, or there was some intervention, we listened and have given ourselves. But the fact is, beyond June, we just don't have the resource to guarantee supply. Wow. So, would that mean that all of you will turn your your your, your plans off? <laughs> what what does, what does this mean in practical terms? That, that is what it means to all of us. We indicated that all the IPPs are operating on, uh, let me say, borrowed funds. And the critical challenge is our inability to repay our uh, debt, especially let's say the first quarter of this year, most of us defaulted. Second quarter is about to end. There is no sign of only those debt and coming with challenges and others. So what it means is that all of us, I would say the six of us, we are not in position to uh, guarantee supply unless anyone will say that, oh, I have secured some resource to stay on. But the position for everyone is that we are not going beyond June 30th. Now, I'm sure you are aware also that Ghana, eh, as part of its IMF program, is in the middle of different levels of debt restriction. So there was a domestic debt exchange that has been successfully done. There are talks that are expected to happen with Eurobond holders in the coming months to reach an agreement to restructure some of those debts. There have been discussions with our bilateral partners, the Chinese and the Paris Club, to agree to debt restructuring. So my point is that all our major creditors, including even individuals sitting in the studio, have all had to chip in something for the country to survive with the debt exchange that we all took. So why are IPPs 
kicking against any type of debt restructuring? Unfortunately, our case is very peculiar. Uh, we have indicated that we have sacrificed a lot uh, for the economy. We indicated that the debt or the arrears in questions are money or obligations that we have already owed to our lenders. And the question is that how do we go to explain to them that we are unable to pay because Ghana's economy is in shambles? I don't think they will listen to us. You see, so this is a typical that we have made this point very clear. So restructuring our debt, what, what, what would be the outcome for the private investor like this? Well, but the, the, and I'm not holding brief, but even the people who uh, buy our euro bonds are also private people. And there are risks with all kinds of investments. And the country is going through a restructuring of all these debts so that I'm not saying go and tell them you don't have money. But my point is that restructuring is part of the game. The country you invest in has risks. That's why you do political risk analysis. That's why you do different kinds of risks. Uh, and and you, you work some of those into your interest rates, right? So if, if Euro bond holders are going to take part in a debt restructuring, I mean, why should your investors be any different? I think we should not uh, accept the challenges of our economy, Ghana's economy, as reason for not honoring our obligations. This is peculiar to Ghana, and I don't think that it is fair on our part. Let me say, if I say our part, I mean the, uh, the government part to use, let's say, the uh, all these real bond uh, participants as excuse to pressurize to accept what uh, they are proposing. They should look at the peculiarity. I mentioned the case of our sacrifices. You know, most of these things that uh, we are talking about, the areas we are talking about, are issues, let me say, they have depreciated in many respects, but we still didn't uh, say anything peculiar to that. We indicated that we, on most occasions, have to borrow funds to be able to keep the plants running. The cost of all this, in a fair commercial sense, has to be passed on to ECG to pay, but we don't do those things. Interest on default, interest on delayed payment is another angle. We have accurate, accurate records on all those things, but we do not set charges to for it. So it would be unfair for us to subscribe to anything like that because you, you, you could imagine, we do not want to say that what is happening to Ghana is something general, and for that matter, everyone outside Ghana's jurisdiction should accept it. Fair enough, but I, I'm not sure if the government has made any firm proposal yet, but it appears the IPPs have already taken a position that debt restriction is off the table. I, that's, isn't that a bit odd that a, a proposal hasn't been made yet, but you are saying that you are not even going to consider any debt restriction of any kind? That, yes, that's, we, that's pretty interesting. Yes, we, we know what we are interested in. Is you are the one owing us. At least approach as that. How do we solve the problem? And we said that for us, we are willing to accept a payment plan rather than debt restructuring. By debt restructuring, we know what they are talking about. We are talking about give us a payment plan. How do we intend to pay? Not to restructure the debt by what uh, they mean. 
tell us that you're able to pay 15 percent, you're able to pay 30 percent, you're able to pay in that sort of we can we, we we can see eye to eye with each other. I see. Ellie, just to clarify something, you said that the 1.4 billion was for March. Is this 1.4 billion for power produced or for the capacity charge? These are energy charges, invoices, monthly invoice, accumulation of monthly invoices. Invoices for power produced or yes. for the... Because I, I'm sure there's a distinction between the power you've actually produced and distributed versus the the the, the so-called capacity charges, right? Is the is the is the invoice for power actually produced? So for March, all the one point four billion is for power produced. Yes. I see. And this power has and been produced this is where our concern lies that everyone majority of consumers pay for what they are consuming. And the question is why should they keep filing? We are expecting that once people pay give to uh, the distribute whatever revenue we have collected fairly to uh, all the actors on the supply chain. I see. And this is power you've produced since January 2021? Yes. Wow. So um, if by Friday you don't hear from government on this 30% demand, um, which, so this is almost like a demand notice, a public demand notice. If you don't hear okay. from them, we should expect the the power the six IPPs to stop giving government the country power. That is the position. Wow! All right, thank you for talking to us. Eli Plim Afetogbo is the chief executive of the Independent Power Producers Association. Six companies: Power Car Power Ship, Sunona Sogli, uh, Sen Power, AXA. Twin City and Senate Energy. These are the six. And they say that they produce about 67% of our thermal power and 46% of our overall power. If by 30th June they don't get money, they say they will turn off the power. Time check is 3 minutes to 7. Let me do a few birthday requests before we come to tech and social media trends. And uh, happy birthday greetings coming in to Jaden Van der Boscher, you are one years old today. Your presence is the greatest gift I've ever received. Thank God for your life. Happy birthday from your dad, Rolex. Wishing a happy birthday to Roda Etonam Amuse from Daddy and Mommy. Messages, we love you so much. Happy birthday to my mother, Mrs. Selassie Jabing Adu of Tema General Hospital. You are 65 years today. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Coming in from Frida Adu, your daughter, to uh, Mrs. Selassie Jabing Adu. And also, happy birthday to my son, Adam Ashigbe Jr. of Akosomo International. May God continue to bless you as you mark another milestone. May you be at the top of your generation. From your mom, your sisters, your aunties, your grandma, Regina, and your dad, Kenneth Ashigbe. Also wishing my father-in-law a happy birthday. He's an avid listener of your program. He lives at Obuatse. He's called Mr. John Williams. This is from your daughter-in-law, Abna, and from your daughter, Erica. Sorry, from your daughter-in-law, Abna, and your and, and Erica Osai of uh, UPSA to Mr. John Williams.
All right, so uh, this, these are messages coming into Mrs. Rita Yabua of BLCC, Better Living Christian Cathedral, coming in from Thomas and Friends at City. God bless you so much. And I'd like to say happy birthday to Mamie Kiamuaku, uh, CEO of Kiddy Tricks. It's her birthday today. A message from her husband, Edwin, their children, from Gina, myself, from the entire family. So Mamie Kiamuaku, happy birthday to you. Eight o'clock, time for tech and social media trends. Uh, we're going in there straight. Uh, it's brought to us uh, by Vodafone. The demo promo is finally here. Receive up to 20% of your money back in your Vodafone cash wallet when you recharge with five CDs or more. You can even send credit to a friend and they will receive up to 20% instant cash. Recharge with five CDs and get more money. The higher you recharge, the more you get back. Keep reloading in the Vodafone the demo promo and win with Vodafone. And FBN Bank is also proud to be associated with the segment for children aged up to 12. You can open a Kids First account to show them how exciting savings can be. For teenagers, the account helps them to embrace the culture of financial responsibility. This is 13 to 17. With a Kids First account, your child of up to 12 years gets a memorable, uh, gets to enjoy memorable activities while the Me First account affords teenagers the chance to learn about money in a fun way. Call FBN Bank on 059-6921-921. And it's time for the second social media trends, Nathan. Yeah, um, a few things trending. Hajia for real is trending. Yesterday was her birthday and so she dropped. <laughs> she was on Instagram live. And <laughs> Has she yeah. finished her cut? Oh, no. So we had people talking and all of that, Charlie. So uh, Wendy Shea is also trending. Yesterday, a video of hers dropped. I think she released it. It looks like it's a snippet of an upcoming music video. And it has people talking about that particular one. On the footballing side of things, um, a number of uh, very interesting ones trending. But James Madison is trending. Now, the Why? story in England is that Tottenham Hotspur are speaking with Leicester City to potentially sign... James Madison, mm-hmm. and then you have Arsenal and Man City, Declan Rice, all trending because it's a nice headline. Manchester Arsenal and City want rice. Yes, they've put in a bid. The latest is that West Ham have turned down Man City's bid, but it's expected that they'll go in again with another bid. So hmm. there's a bidding war cashing in Charlie terribly on that one. Um, on the tech side of things, Facebook's owner Meta mm-hmm. has launched a virtual reality subscription. Mm as it tries to make that part of its business profitable. Now, Meta says paying users will get access to two new games a month. Mm. For the first three months of the year, the parent company of Instagram saw a $4 billion loss Mm. in its VR unit. Mm. Meta is facing competition from firms including Apple, uh, which has unveiled its highly anticipated mixed reality or which unveiled its uh, mixed reality headset earlier this month. So it looks like Mark Zuckerberg and his people are trying to fight the competition from mm-hmm. Apple because mm-hmm. the VR side of the business is not doing too well. Okay. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Friday, 
I shape in our Bible, bed, go for sin. Dallas with this snap in the bed. The girls in our root chapel walk well, double share. One as on a club, one bed. The name is on my bar, the yellow sumia. We say, Unia, they be so awesome. Name is on my bar, the yellow sumia. But you who got full of body, look at me. The name is on my bar, the yellow sumia. That yellow will be looking at plastic. Name is on my bar, the yellow sumia. So mommy, I look to not get the time. Miss Ate Mudapa, I don't have me Baba Fisica. So I'm concerned about that. I shall have it with any part. Passing the color, no, I was so I saw fin to move one car. Sick as a minute, it's a bully here, fin to move one back, or to move one move. I will put on the test for a part. I can't was a night element. So it's 8 08 the breakfast show. We don't want to alarm anybody, but the 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 IPP thing is a bit concerning because we just checked that sixty six percent of our power is thermal and thirty three percent hydro. Now remember when I did my article on the IMF program, I said that one of the things we need to do is invest in energy security in energy sovereignty which is related to renewables because renewables, you don't need dollars right now. Here's a business where you have hundred percent of your power. Two thirds of it is from thermal sources and about 50% of the thermal sources are private companies. Most of which are foreign. All right. So you are exposed and even the local ones, you're exposed to buying fuel to power the plant. So even the 66% of your power depends on, Oil imports. I I think our hydro resources have not been overexploited. We and Akosombo should do more exploitation of those. We should go into wind. We should go into power sources that naturally are renewed, that don't require too much fossil fuel. It's cleaner and it's also more. I, I know you have to have a balance. Our, ours, we need to do solar as well. Nuclear? Because as we. Yeah, why not? Because as we sit here, if six companies, and I'm not necessarily holding before Gamba, if six companies say they're not going to give you power, what do you do? That's 46% of your power is gone. So even in terms of its national security, it's not secure. Mm-hmm. So there should be a conversation about diversification of power sources. And the diversification should also be geographical. You can't have all your power in Tema. So it's good they took some to Takradi. Right? You need to have power enclaves in Ashanti. The, the, there, was a, there was a solar thing they were doing in the north. You need to divest. So, Bui is great. You need okay. to diversify your power so that if, 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 if an act of God occurs in one geographical area, you still have enough. Do, do you get me? And we are talking generation now. So, Akosombo is in the eastern region. Bong is close to that place as well. Bui is in the Bono region. We need to dump some of the things up north. Yeah, but the question is whether it is economically viable. Um, you know, it's, it's not just enough to have a river running through a community. Mm. The question is whether the level of intensity you need to actually propel the turbines to work, mm. you can get that. Mm-hmm. Um, How about wind? Wind. You, you know, when you go to the, the when you go to the Holland, uh-huh. they have all these wind-powered power plants. Uh-huh. So even that one, they have to do the assessment and be sure that, okay, we'll get enough wind to propel. But have we assessed, for example, if you go to the Adan area, if you go to the Volta Basin, mm-hmm. it's possible you can, you can have some nice uh, wind-powered turbines. We need to try something. 
I believe that the folks at the Energy Commission and then the Energy Ministry yeah. uh, would have done some work in, in this particular area. Because I remember that there was some time ago that um, there was uh, an agreement signed, an MOU actually, mm -hmm. to use um, part of Adda, that area where you have the confluence between the sea and then the 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 Vortelet, yes. right? There's some is that an estuary? Uh huh. Sort of. There's some intense, mm -hmm. you know, um, what work you, going on yeah, there. That's right. Undercurrent in terms of what yes. happens under the, yes. the, 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 the water. I've actually been there once. Yeah, they wanted to use it for electricity generation, but for some reason, I don't know what has become of that. Mm -hmm. um, again, as we speak, there's intense work going on between Japan. Mm -hmm. And, and Ghana mm -hmm. uh, to bring on board the idea of <laughs> birthing a nuclear energy yeah. uh, producing yeah. um, institution here in Ghana. And the Ghana Atomic Energy Commission mm -hmm. is leading the effort. Mm -hmm. You know, Kwame Nkrumah, long before yeah. many of us were born, Sorry. actually thought of the idea of bringing Sorry. you know nuclear energy into Ghana. You know. um, but when he was overthrown, we, you know, we I, threw I, everything I away. Actually, I actually think that <clears throat> to be one of the requirements mm for any public office in Ghana is to read Nkrumah's books. If nothing at all, read his seven-year development plan. Just read the intro that J.H. Mensah wrote. You know J.H. Mensah was 29? Mm -hmm. Think about it. He was 29 when he yeah. led that project. Yeah. Like, for Nkrumah to think about hydro, to think about nuclear, to think about solar, everything significant that we have in this country, Nkrumah thought about it. Education. You know, and it's like we've left the template and we are running around. It's, it's not like the diversification of power that we are talking about. So now we are sitting here. I pray that something is done because, you know, when you listen to the IPPs, they are not even prepared to engage on restructuring. And it's funny because, guy, if, if you say restructuring, yeah. what is restructuring? I owe Godfrey 100 CDs. And the plan was I'm going to pay him 20 CDs every month. And it's been six months, I've not paid him anything. So already there's, there's restructuring has started. <laughs> so uh, if I said, I'm going to pay you, 15 cities every three months. That's debt restructuring. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily to say, I will pay you less than 100 cities. Or I'll, do you understand? Yeah. But it's like we've conceived restructuring to mean the, the haircut. Okay, so I may be worried when he says we're not going to consider restructuring off the table. Because if you are owed 1.4 billion for March and the government can't pay you all that 1.4 billion, they have to give up their payment plan. Mm -hmm. Right? And why, what, what, what is the structure? If you go to a bank, when they talk about the structure, the structure is the terms that they give you the money and the terms that you pay back. So, for example, if you lend to somebody who runs a fast-moving consumer business and he's selling every month, you can lend based on his cash flow and you pay him a certain amount every month. Mm -hmm. Now, if you lend to somebody who's into farming, who's planting rice, and he needs three months for the rice to be harvested or maize, and he's going to... You, you, his, the structure of his, his debt is that he'll pay you every six months. Mm -hmm. So, when you say structure, the structure is the, the arrangement... Mm -hmm. You know, scale it dead by arrangement. So the, the structure is the arrangement. Yeah. So it's like the interest you pay, the amount you pay, that's the structure of the loan. Mm. All right? So there are people who are experts at structuring. So we are saying debt restructuring. I'm trying to just make this easy for people to understand. It's basically saying that the government of Ghana may owe you 1.4 billion for March, mm -hmm. but they may not be able to pay you the 1.4 billion within the originally planned structure. Mm -hmm. So they need a new structure of payment. Do you follow my logic? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. Uh -huh. So the, the, my my when I hear Eli, what it, it appears to me the government is not talking to them. Mm -hmm. Do you get me? It's like because sir, if if you are in constant engagement with the government, you you don't go to graphic business and city breakfast show, mm -hmm. and then have to explain your position. It it tells me that either 
I'm, and I think this is the finance mission. I'm not sure it's energy. There's some level of lack of communication between the IPPs because the IPPs people they talk, they are available, they speak, and the more you hear them, it means that there's some lack of agreement over this how to handle this money. Mm-hmm. All right, and we don't need to wait for it to get to a point where they actually turn off the power. Yeah, you know because and you need this this doom sort thing. It's a very funny thing. Mm-hmm. It has a way of it's it's negative multiplier effect is too much yeah. because it affects everything and then it's also irritating mm-hmm. so when the power doesn't come on factories cannot work companies can't work generators are loud diesel is expensive then people start feeling irritable then the whole thing becomes something so but it's not good for I, I don't think it's, it's good to hear ipps say that they are not getting the cooperation they are not hearing from government properly do you understand me mm-hmm. So between the finance ministry and the energy ministry, there has to be some urgent action taking. Otherwise, we are in for a very dis- difficult surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to be careful here. So as they say, where to the wise is enough. All right, Nathan, tell me why I need to brush my teeth with Pepsi <laughs> before I come to well, because another strike. Because yeah. the other one is, and look, sorry to make it complex. So IPPs say they will strike. Oh. Now the tanker drivers too say they won't even carry the finished product. That we are important to power our vehicles too. And that could have an effect not just on transportation, but also on industries. So we have to be careful. And the other fun is that TUC is also going on strike because one of the IPPs has disbanded or sort of sacked some people who wanted to unionize. So it's like the whole thing is bizarre. (laughs) You know? So so it's it's, it's, it's something that we need to watch. Mm. Well, Pepsodent's uh, cavity fighter is there. You're asking why I need to brush your teeth. Well, it's fortified with profluoride and microcalcium ingredients, sealing tiny, tiny and invisible holes in your teeth. Mm. Pepsodent cavity fighter, maximum cavity protection, 10 times stronger teeth, and they, are, they have been doing 25 years of education, so we cannot brush day and night. Call mm. Pepsodent's helpline or care center on 0800 Pepsodent, every smile matters. Now, if you owe TDC Development Company Limited, this is a final notice. If you owe them at all, you know, whatever debt it is, go and pay. Now, they are stating several modes of payment. You can use the mobile money short code star 737 star 46 hash or visit any GCB bank nationwide or go to the Ashaiman sub-office opposite Joe Cinema at Ashaiman Market or the TDC head office near Olam Senior High School. Mm-hmm. Now, all such debtors and defaulters are reminded that the company will exercise its right to recover possession of the affected plots and premises and redeem the outstanding amounts owed without further recourse to them if payments are not made by June 30. Also... Mm. Wildaf and Wapcast. Wildaf is the Ghana West Africa program to combat AIDS and STI, while Wildaf is the Women in Law and Development Africa. They are joining force, uh, forces to help us take on discrimination and stigmatization for those who have HIV and TB. Call 0204-917-521 or 0800-123-555 if you want to join this worthy cause. All right, still on the city break for show. Uh, I wanted to segue into the petroleum tanker one because I, I thought it was interesting. Yesterday, we'll talk about roads, mm. right? And look, for petroleum tanker drivers to strike over roads, 
look guys we've been talking about the the road leading to the tall area for a long time okay. the bone enclave some of the roads they are not really good all right and the tanker drivers are basically saying that all their complaints are falling on deaf ears and what is funny is that this is not just an tema issue it's also kumasi so there's a, a certain coincidence of occurrence all right now there are many things to talk about axle load quality of roads all of those things but for it to get to a point where tanker drivers are not striking over pay they are not striking over do you get me they are striking over the quality of the road in the second year of roads i mean that's <laughs> you know i don't know caleb has been trying to get as a minister i really need to ask him a question about the year of roads but that's a different Penal, have you been to the industrial area in termad around the tall not enclave. not in a bit oh yeah who are you so you're talking about when you are you cross the motorway yeah and then you so there are two ways you can use the harbor road and then uh -huh. you go to roundabout, yeah, or you can go mm -hmm. as if you are going towards the um, dawenya mm -hmm. and, and then you, you make a right and then you enter back yeah, is that the one you're talking about the two the two sides all bernard mm. the roads are horrible in fact those are not roads and these are the roads that the the, the no, but wait, trucks but the, no but the trucks the are in community four tema where is community four you know the tall runabout. You uh -huh. know the tall runabout. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. when you make a turn. Yeah, the tall runabout service on way. is, in fact, the roads there are hopeless. They are useless. Hold on. Where is community four? So one after tall, you go to one. Yeah, it's in that area. Yeah, it's in that area. Let's hear oh. the Kumasi oh. version first before we come to Tema. Edmond Baba is the Central North Chairman of the Tanker Drivers Union. He spoke to Marisanda yesterday. Yes, it's true. We have embarked on a sit-down strike. In okay, what is your problem? Our problem is if you go nationwide, anywhere we leave petroleum products, including uh, the Tema or Enclave, Ashanti region, the most, uh, uh, what do we call it, the Kasi Enclave, come to uh, what do we call it, the Takwadi, our road network. The roads are so bad that any time it rains, actually it is it, it is always an eyesore. And uh, it's like we have been we have been to the ministry severally. I quite remember very well somewhere August twenty seventeen. We went to the presidency. The president this is the first time Nanado uh, is the first president to have called the Ghana National Petroleum Tanker Drivers to his listen to the uh, to the government seat. When they handed us over we it was part of our complaint, handed over us over to the road ministry. And I speak up to now. We have never met him even on one occasion. Anytime you go this there's always an excuse. You drop your letter, whatever you do, no, nobody cares about it. Now, along the line, we just kept quiet, hoping they will come. Nobody came. Two years ago, two years ago, we wanted to embark on a strike. But that strike was intervened by the sitting chief executive officer of NPA told us we should leave it. 
he was going to intervene. We have done so many things. Go round, 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 and nobody is minding us. You see, what we are doing, we are not trying to sabotage the government. No, we are not politicians. We are not talking about politics. Because we all have our individual political, uh, what we call it, uh, 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 opinions. Yes. But this is what is happening. We want to save Madagana. We want to save Madagana because, as I talked to you, your, your, your Ashanti Regional uh, Rep, Hafiz, came to me this morning. I sent him around. He saw it himself. What is happening? How the road network is here in Kumasi. I'm talking about Kumasi right now. I've not gone to uh, Accra. Baba, Baba, the uh, issue of road problem or problems with the roads, it's yeah. faced by everybody, isn't it? it why, why, why is that the only ones who are complaining that yes, to the extent that you are going on strike? I love what you are saying. It's faced by everybody. But look at our end. Look at the, uh, what we call it, the, 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 uh, the, the income we generate for the government. In, go to the filling stations. Every liter of fuel you buy, there is this petroleum belt up there. That goes to the, into the government cafes. Eh? Now, you look at Kumasi, for instance. Just in front of the bus, uh, what do you call it, uh, depot where we leave product to supply in the, in the region. In the region. Eh? I'm talking about Ashanti region alone. I don't talk about the other regions where we, we supply. Let's talk about Ashanti region. Let us assume that the vehicle loads from, uh, this in the, uh, from the depot comes out, and then it flats. I've given everything to your, your, your rep, eh, Hafiz. When it flats, eh? and a vehicle happens to f go into uh, one of these ditches, I'll call it ditch because the manhole that has created there is so severe that I don't know. Now, when a vehicle, when it so happened that a vehicle falls down, anytime a tanker falls, I think 95% of the total uh, percentage of tankers that fall down explode. Now, when it happens to explode, it will run into the depot. We have about 8 to 10, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, tank, tanks there. And reservoirs, then it, it happens to touch one, it will also explode. Then everything will explode. Now, when it explodes, all these tanks, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, tanks explode. Look at the number of workers who might have been there. Do you know the, uh, this in the fatalities will get there? So, I see, I, see, I, I see the picture you're painting now. Very good. In, in... Now, look at the, no, no, you wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Look at the, we look at the uh, area surrounding. We have Sokoban, we have the Wood Village, we have. Uh, Kuwait, we have Kasi, we have all those, all those places would have been uh, this thing, would have been history. And look at the number of people who lose. Huh? Then you leave that one aside. Look at the depot itself. Look at the, the uh, what do we call it? The, 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 the depth that uh, the nation is going to incur. Just because of one person's uh, what do we call it? Uh, negligence. What are you talking about? Okay. Say, yes, it's true. There are some places that are we have so many, everybody is complaining. But there are some places too that are also enjoying what we call it massive uh, infrastructures as far as road uh, networks are concerned. In Kumasi, for instance, from, uh, uh, from ABM to uh, Kuwait Junction to maybe uh, 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 Sokoban Village, how many kilometers is it? 
go to uh, 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 Tema. It is about some seven eight kilometers. Then you go to you go somewhere and be uh, developing some places, and then you leave these places where you get money, you make money. So I didn't say what are they saying? Uh, what is our crime? So what this, what, 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 what your strike means is that you are not going to supply fuel to the filling station. We are not going to do anything. So it means that it means it means we should we should fill up our cars and wait because I don't agree. Well, if that is if you will advise yourself as such. How soon before the fuel stations run dry? I uh, well, I don't know because I am not an OMC. Excuse my language, please. I'm begging you. It's I'm fine. not an OMC. I am not a filling station manager. I don't know. But that one uh, is not part of what you are thinking about. We want to save Madagascar because fine. it would be better to do this to save Madagascar than to think about uh, uh, what we call it uh, the shortages that will come on, uh, that will be coming on, uh, that will be coming on. Eh? Let's take it that way instead of uh, saving Madagascar. So that was the uh, Ashanti Regional Chairman of. Uh the tanker drivers union edmond baba so he spoke about the soccer buying area in the greater Accra region george nyaunu has been speaking as well and he he spoke about the uh, road the road in the bone enclave which incidentally is the same it's not it's not too far from where the power is also generated right so lots of activities there uh, i'll take a few comments on this shortly uh, but just get bell pack tissue one of the best things in life our tiros are soft but not weak strong but not hard just perfect we have the bell pack pocket tissue the table napkin the toilet roll the kitchen towel and others simply call 055-114-4400 bell pack is another quality product from bell aqua and shell helix especially designed to bring out the best in your engine protecting from wear and tear while providing the power and performance needed to give you the best ride every time visit your local shell station today and experience the difference for yourself from shell and pepsodent is recommended by the ghana dental association with a number of strong characteristics our cavity protection is 10 times stronger gives you hard teeth educate um, basically helping fight cavities sealing tiny and invisible holes in your teeth and also releasing the right herbs to repair and protect your gum tissues. Call 0800-200-030 for more information. So, gentlemen, the road question has gotten to the tanker drivers, and they say they want to strike. You know what's funny? Yesterday, I, I interviewed one of the, the politicians about the road construction at Sin North, and I said to him, well, the NDC is saying that the you are doing roads because of votes. And he says, well, when you look at the way a road is done, we can't just mobilize a contractor to do a road. He says that there's a process. Is that true? Of course, yes. Um, there is a process. But, you know, as is the case with almost everything else, you can always fast track the process, which is what they do um, when by-elections are in play. Uh, they call contractors to mobilize quickly to site, and then they begin work uh, so that the locals will see that ah the government actually means well for them it's happened throughout the history of the fourth republic um during by elections all of these things happen bentwa oh. is shared oh, still? Um, you know all kinds of things are shared 
uh, in in the, the the one we saw in the Kumau constituency recently, those things happened. Electricity projects are done to areas that ordinarily, uh, you know, were not given electricity previously, and you see those things happening presently in the Asin North constituency. So. Uh, it's all about government putting pressure on people it is close to, as in contractors it is close mm. to, and promises are made to them. And they move so you're saying the that the, the contract, the, the, the uh, tanker drivers know this, the which is why they, they want to lay down their tools. Mm -hmm. Because if they agitate enough, something will be done. Oh yeah, I mean, imagine these guys deciding that they will not move petrol, or they mm. will not move LPG, mm. or they will not move diesel. What it means is that a good part of our economy is gone. Because transportation will be disrupted, businesses that rely on um, these fuel uh, and, and, and related products to run their businesses will be crippled. Mm -hmm. And so the government would have to get up quickly and do something about the situation. Hmm. But uh, the truth is that when you go to these communities, the roads are terrible. I, I don't... Look, I tried it recently using a fairly uh, uh, big car to the Tema Enclave. When I finished, <laughs> I had to call the, Your people. the mechanic to come and look at the vehicle. Serious? Bernard, the road, I mean, these are not roads. These are galleys you see in, like, like somebody described it yesterday. Like, Omotu Galamse Oho. The roads are just terrible. There are places where you don't even see Alphard. It's just Sakura song. And these are the industrial centers of our country. So if these guys are agitating, I believe they have a good reason for agitating. Godfrey doesn't agree. He said he didn't think they should go on strike. Well, I've listened. I've listened to them. Maybe I've changed my mind. You never know. <laughs> but my my position on the matter is this: um, we know where these enclaves are and what happens in these enclaves. So it means a certain type of road should be built. The first question: Are these the types of roads that are there? No. In the enclaves of Buipe, Tema, which is where. These are the areas that they are talking about. And these are places where, obviously, they see significant traffic because of the weight of the, the cars that, yes, that go in and out there. So, mm -hmm. one, do they have the kinds of roads that are designed mm -hmm. for that kind of weight? Mm -hmm. Instead of concrete. Or... Yeah, so it mm -hmm. means that the planning then is off. Because for, for big trucks, you need concrete. Yeah, yes. sometimes so the roads are supposed to be built in a certain way. Or they use, they use pavement, the pavement the blocks. blocks. Yes. There's one that soaks water. Because they're they talking about this even a mess. It's horrible. Terrible. And you know, when you use asphalt for roads that are frequent usage, mm -hmm. it just deteriorates. So you notice that for uh, school junction, mm. when they get to the curves, they use the pavement blocks. Mm -hmm. Ajing and Rollins Junction. So usually that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Even the, the runabout on the boundary road at East Ligon. Mm -hmm. Because vehicles use it frequently and the tires, the friction is a, rif a different kind. Mm -hmm. Asphalt is movable. Yeah. So some of the things... I go to Temachale, a lot of the roads are in a... You know? I don't know. Yeah. So the question I'm asking is... And I'm going to expand the conversation a bit. So the roads that lead to these places are not designed for these kinds of places. So it means... Mm -hmm. We, we have not identified properly what happens there to give them the kind of routes that will last. Then listening to um, the chairman from Kumasi, um, well, please, his name, if you can help me with his name. For, but it's called Baba, um, Edmond yes. Baba. Yes. Ashanti Regional Chairman. Listening to the Ashanti Regional Chairman. Um, Edmond Baba. Um, Mr. Baba. He also spoke about then the general network of routes, Bernard. 
mm-hmm. we need to and again it comes to yesterday the conversation we're having actually mm-hmm. about just the poor planning yeah you see so you see this brt yes here oh, the gra- graphic road the graphic road is there we chop well bank money free the the roads are such that so if you were going to the breweries yes and you are a brewery truck mm-hmm. you should use the outer lane mm-hmm. where the train tracks pass uh-huh. and pass in front of graphic and then go mm-hmm. if but you we were using brt you know if everything was working correctly uh-huh. so Knowing that that is the kind of track that passes there, that side of the road mm-hmm. will be built in a certain way, true or false? True. Because you know that this is the route pl- uh, applied by... Um, yeah, no, 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 no. The, the brewery tracks the brewery with the crates and bottles. One. Two, they don't come into contact with regular vehicles. Right? Mm-hmm. Because that is death. Now, here we are all competing with... All, all, the tracks, all the cars. All the cars. All types of cars. Are on the same road. On the same road. And that's steep. Which is dangerous. Very, because it's not supposed to happen. Now, on Friday, which is where the conversation I was having with Frejabano came from on Friday, mm. on my way to the office, mm. there was a four-car pileup there mm-hmm. because a big truck mm-hmm. had lost its brakes <gasps> descending. Hey. Hey. Now, the first... Going toward, towards graphic or coming? coming? Going towards graphic. My God. Uh, now, yes, yes. the first car that it hit was a Toyota. When I got there, the Toyota Corolla looked like a Matisse. Mm. From the back. From the back. So there was a police... No, I don't... Nobody died. The the police tow trucks were there trying to move the vehicles out. Now, the point I'm making is under normal circumstances, hey. the design is said that that truck with the weight and size should not be You're at using the top. That thing. Yes. Okay. Now, that thing in about three or four years will start developing portals and whatnot because of the extra the weight. Load, yes, because the, the, you are right. Okay. You are right. Now, but two days the track ago, on top of it? Hold on. It couldn't that's, pass under. That's where, they, that's where they have to use. It can't pass under. The default, and they didn't uh, design it that way. It's not dis- and not, right now, the right side of the road that is, they are supposed to use is a market. Oh, God. It's a market and a trotter so station. a truck loaded with fuel was on a steep incline. So, it's, it's that's the route they use. My God. Well, they're supposed to be flat. And the cars they're always on hit, the incline. The cars they hit were waiting for traffic to turn. To turn, exactly. Now, if you look around Accra, mm. these fuel trucks, where do we not see them? Everywhere. Everywhere. They Everywhere. use the same routes that we use. And it's not just them. We see the sun trucks on the same route. You complain about the, the one, cement mixes. Ah, they are on the same routes. They, they are, no, they are called cement redistribution Cement redistribution trucks because they pour the cement on the road to spoil it. Ah, uh, oh, so they're not mixes. <laughs> they just redistribute cement <laughs> to destroy the. And then the water trucks. And then the water trucks. And there's something they call axle load, which yeah. we we in Ghana we just do it for shaky reasons. We don't uh, actually implement it. It measures how much weight. But so you are saying that there's a link between lack of enforcement and culture of maintenance. So it's not always the fact that there are not enough routes, but we haven't even planned the thing properly so that. The cars that are not supposed to use certain roads are even using it. Which is the next one I'm coming to. Now, um, when I, uh, there was a time I was moving through central Nairobi. Mm-hmm. And I realized for a very long time, something came to my attention because I see it a lot here. I'm like, ah, I don't see trucks. In the middle of the town. Like these kind of trucks. <laughs> middle of, no, 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 you won't. It's, it's very rare. Unless you are moving at dawn. There's a certain oh. time period that you will see. And even that one, the routes are very specific. So, so you don't, don't compete with us in no, traffic? No, no, no. You will never see that kind of track in a certain place. At, never. But there are some roads that you see only tracks. Only tracks. 
That's why they have those long pileups. Aha. There are certain parts where what we call Matatus Trotros. Only Trotros will go. They only use that route. Oh. At a certain point, it's blocked off. They cannot go beyond that point. And this is city central. You cannot. Trotros go everywhere in Nakra. So even in Nairobi, there are demarcations for where you can go and where you can't. There are certain places, if you go to what they call the CBD, even motorbikes are not allowed. Just walk. You have to walk. No matter who you are. So basically, if you got to this uh, junction here. So maybe the Echo Bank at the... That's your cut-off the point. The Echo Bank that takes you to the... You know, the Echo Bank, the graphic road yes. interchange. No car. No car. Obi Everybody walks. All the way to Cocoa Board. Everybody walks. To CMB. Everybody walks. You understand? And this is Nairobi. Yes. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, we've built roads. We know the kind of tracks that use which kind of tracks. So, for instance, motorway. The N1. Yes, we know. We know what kind of road it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right? We know what kind of road airport should be. I've even seen fewer trucks in airport residential area before. <laughs> like, it's, it's from Kanda Highway. Then he moves to a gold house. Then he passes his challenge. Because, 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 they are, they are because, because, then he go and pass on the rail. Because, because there are fewer stations everywhere. everywhere. So you see, the, the, no, but the hold on. proper plan. Even if there are fewer stations everywhere, the, the worst to get there. You can still decide that for fewer stations in residential areas, a smaller version of the track must go. You see, sometimes we think about things like... I am coming. So you cannot close down all fewer stations. But, I do wait, I'm but you can still have a way of doing it. But I do call that I'm coming. Have you used the back end to Abubuloshi here? When you get to... Beyeman. Uh, Beyeman, that road. Have Be you used man. it before? I avoid it. Okay, sometimes I cross it and then I... Yes, sometimes. Both sides. The one near the Presby Press. Yes. And then Beyeman Road. Sometimes I use it. Oh, today try. Why? What's happening? It is not a road. Oh, it's, it's, it's bad. Because, better, it is container central. Oh, yeah, I mean the main one. The main it is container central. 40 foot containers drive by for fun, one. Mm. Two, all the onion and tomato trucks who are coming in mm -hmm. use that road to get to Abu Blue. Used to uh, travel they, that route. Yes, but there's still a market up the there market. on the other side. <coughs> so you still see trucks. Two, the scrap trucks are also there. Those who are stealing things, Alumi, are also there on that road. So we, now, uh, what, that what, is what, an inner problem? that is an inner city road, though. It okay. is not designed for any kind of weight. Let, let me ask you a question: Are Ghanaians less disciplined than Kenyans, or is it because I'm thinking about it? We are the same color. We are, we are the same. It's not discipline. I'm talking about planning. Yes, that's my point. So and enforcement. And enforcement. Monitoring. But you know, if you keep talking like this, they will send a delegation from parliament to go and visit Kenya to study there. No, that's not visit whatever. No. But I'm just saying that <laughs> you see, you see the link between our general dissonance yeah. and this strike now. So you're talking about lack of planning, lack of enforcement, and sometimes lack of common sense. Yes. Which, which then sort of mixes up into roads getting bad too often. And yes, people have because so for instance, you are telling me about I don't use this part of town. You are very familiar with mm -hmm. the tour runabout that you are talking about. Yeah. Everybody is called tour runabout for a reason. Yeah. So if you are a person building roads, tour runabout it means there must be different materials. There must be different because materials. You are going to a place with a lot of it tracks. It is called tour runabout for a reason. For a reason. the whole harbor road. Do you remember the uh, the Coca Cola runabout? Yeah, Spintex. Spintex. Back then, I haven't used it in a while. Is it still in good shape? That road was bad. There's something interesting going on at Spintex because of the new uh, plowport interchange and then the new road they've done. The original Spintex road is deteriorating. Yeah. In fact, 
I, I won't even posit that Spintex Road, Spintex Bachona, that whole area has lost its shine. It's no longer 15, that it be. 15 years ago, everybody was living on the Spintex Road. And They've moved. They've, it's, 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 it, and that's the other, that's the other issue with us. We are not able to... It's, I, I, a couple of things. We are not able to... We are not resilient. We don't build... We don't build with compassion. We are, everybody's selfish. And then the local authority is weak and ineffective. So there's a lot of haphazard things that happen. So like East Legon is now the booming place. Spintex Road is lost its last time. Gone previously was meant for residential purposes. Everybody is now. selling their house for a shop. Ooh. And everybody, so they are, all the banks the are there. Barber shops are there. The, the Alele too are there. <laughs> you know? It's become... So, like, but that's the thing. Go for it. So, your, your point is very important. So, we move to the oh, next big thing. We don't... We don't... We, so, it's, it's like the... What's the name of this group? It's called the... Oh... There's, there's, a, there's a certain center for it's like the authority for planning of Luspa. our urban spaces yes Luspa. L- land land yes Luspa. yeah land I, I, I actually think that if you if you analyze planning. if you analyze most of the topics we discuss on this program spatial planning or lack of it is probably 60 yeah, percent of Luz, the issues but i talked to Luspa have because know. housing rent roads i don't think it's so much a question but Luspa says nobody listens to them yeah no so i'm not saying they, they no, don't, don't get me wrong i'm not saying Luspa is not working uh-huh. i am saying we are not doing special planning uh-huh. so you have to enforce it you see it's one thing having a plan on paper if they pull together a cross plan as originally planned by Solid. the founders of Accra. You run it. So our problem is lack of em- implementation. Exactly. So somebody goes to put up something where it should not be built. Churches are being built where they should not be built. Um, you know, mosques are going where they should not be built. Of course, the traditional people haven't done that yet. Um, what do you call it? Industries are coming up in areas they should not be built. People are selling cement, cement, cement mm-hmm. in residential areas. Yeah. Yeah. That means a cement delivery truck exactly. will come there. The area. You understand? And and people have opened <clears throat> shops that invite big bottle trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bringing you know, all the Guinness you, you consume, the beer, all of them are coming into the area. So these things would disturb the road. So there's always a tension between what private people want to do to advance their business mm-hmm. and what the authorities must do for all of us to be comfortable. Yeah, but yeah. what tends to happen is that Everybody wants to cut corners. So everybody wants to do it their way because they'll go and see the DC, they'll go and see the planning people to get what they want. So you go to like the school junction to Ajengano Road. Everybody has put up shops everywhere. The road will deteriorate because by the time, look, if you are driving from Rollins' junction to school Mm -hmm. junction, there are even parts of that road that people do cement depot. There's a cement depot on the road. And the cement depot means you have like huge trucks. Trucks. Yes. Yes. Then there are people who sell this uh, that year, the 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 the, the iron rods. <laughs> by the time the iron rod track will turn, mm-hmm. half the road is broken. You yeah. get me? So it's like we are not prepared to. And then look, I will say we are not worse than the Kenyans. But what the Kenyans have, or the Tanzanians have, is enforcement at the local level. They empower people to enforce. We because of the way we do our politics. If you are DC, somebody will call you from somewhere. You can't say anything. They today want to keep their job, so they can't do it. So there's so much violation of basic common sense. We've, you know that the DC. If, if a minister calls a DC, what can a DC say? Meanwhile, in some countries, a provincial local authority is very powerful. 
he can find you he can jail you but here if you are an mp you can do anything you want because the dc who is he you just call flagstaff house and they say ah, but this dc guy is not serious they'll just sack him they'll transfer him with punishment then we'll come back and all complain and say ben and things are not working well so it's it's i think we are used to dystopia we are not ready for development we just want to be happy that's that's how i see it we just want to enjoy ourselves and die and have a big funeral yeah. We are not really serious about anything. I'm still, I mean, look at what he's saying. Even in Nairobi, you don't see tracks. Nairobi, how advanced are Kenyans and us? And you have Ghanaians. Just go and stand at uh, this thing, graphic road. Look at the Odor River. Look at it. That whole enclave is evidence of everything that's wrong with the country. Surely. The Odor River is polluted. The road is not properly designed. Go to our tracks beaches. are using our wrong beaches. routes. Our beaches. There was a video I saw just uh, three days ago of some American returnee. There was complaining about plastic pollution I mean, on the beach. Mm. Beaches that should be serene, that should be inviting, where you go and think, reflect, mm. and read, just relax in some cases. Mm. The things you see at our beaches here in Accra are revolvers. Let me ask you this. And by the way, the, the road is, is the GTP runabout. Yes, that's, what, somebody, that's runabout. what I was going to That's what I was going to be mentioning. Let's read, let's read some comments that are coming in to put this in context. Don't forget, 9 o'clock is fast approaching. 9.05, we take you into the first edition of our final week. This morning, I'm speaking to the COO of Gersau, and we're discussing the agribusiness value chain. Let's just wrap up, if you don't mind. Yes, please just, do. Just a second. So, in summation, all I'm saying is the strike is on. The solution to fixing the to, to, to this strike is for the roads minister and his people to sit down and say okay the road from I don't know the, these places very well the mm-hmm. road from wherever it is to GTP runabout mm-hmm. sees a hundred trucks of a certain weight per day mm-hmm. so from this point to this point this is the kind of road that they will get mm-hmm. it will not just be the regular road that we are constructing mm-hmm. from this point to this point sees this kind of weight Mm-hmm. So that they do not have these situations, and then also enforce the aspects where we see these again heavyweight trucks competing with your car and my car mm-hmm. on a uh, small road here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when it gets spot to complain, like yesterday somebody sent you was it two days ago mm-hmm. that Avi Maria, yeah, the road had been ruined because of what? Because of sand carrying trucks sending okay so explain the point so otojo is a, a place it's, of it's, reclaimed land. land so this is a massive it's a swamp a swamp that that nobody should build it's, there. it's supposed to be a buffer so what we've done is that we've like sold yes yes so they've sold the otojo place to people to build houses yeah, and also people have taken it upon themselves Good. and nobody they, has a permit they there. brought sand from other areas to fill it up and they've built when it rains people have to sleep outside and then he will say, we yes, you're gonna know. But in, in doing that, they have ruined all the roads within the inner city, the, the inner town roads from Dansuman, Snit Flats, Keep Fit, all the way. Because the tracks are on that road, Bernard, for the past eight months, if you live in that road, from Dansuma roundabout to Ham Junction. So let me ask you. You question. count like 30. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> so of those tracks. So for Sky. Let me just come to you. So the, the person who goes to build at Otojo, mm-hmm. which is a swamp, and this is not one house, this is like 500 houses. Mm-hmm. Is it the, it's not poverty necessarily because to build this kind of house to build in Otojo, you are not necessarily poor. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, to build 500 houses will not happen in a week. Mm-hmm. It means that it probably took them five years to build that. So the people who give them the building permit 
where they asleep. But would they even have permit? They don't have permit. They don't. So, but if they many have, would not. Okay, so if they don't have permit, a building is not a miracle that happens overnight. <laughs> it's so, so no building can just shows up. Spring up. You need the material to set. So it will take at least six months to build a house, mm. if not a year. Mm. Are you telling me that the people who are in charge of the space didn't see houses rising in Otojo? You say you can't build a house in Otojo because it's not a place for building. Mm-hmm. You have five hundred houses now. Now every week trucks are going there to fill it up. And then we call a minister and say, what should the minister do? What should he record it? Or whoever. So, so I'm, I'm saying that we know with the mindset of the people, I think is selfishness and irresponsibility. That's where it starts from. And bad leadership. Because once you start doing the wrong thing and nobody stops you, you get empowered to continue doing it. Because once you start that building, Otojo, and somebody says, dude, you can't build here. You see, there are a number of things that happen in other jurisdictions. So first of all, you need a hotline that people can call and report. That, oh, I live in this particular community. Just yesterday, I saw this building going up in this area. It mm-hmm. is unclear to me whether they have permit or not. They will call so, and say you've took them. Ah, uh-huh, you see, so that's one. The one. authority will call them and say, ah, inside radio, guy, no, 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 a friend, say, oh, see that. So that's the mindset. You see, so that is one side of it, mm-hmm. and then also at the ministerial level or at the supervision level, mm-hmm. what do the ministers do when they go into office? They are tired. Because you, you, if you are the minister for local government, for instance, yeah. my expectation will be that you should be receiving weekly reports from the various assemblies as to what is happening in those assemblies, where there are concerns, what can be done to address those concerns. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Don't you think by way of design, the minister of local government is a misnomer? Because if you have 16 regions mm. and you have 250 MMDCEs, don't you think the MMDC should be reporting to the regional ministers so that you are decentralizing more effect? Because if I'm done, but you're sitting in Accra and somebody's building something at Otojo, but when will I finish and do the Ramsar site <laughs> and then go to the one at Oti? It, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. You, you, like, why do you have uh, 200 and something MMDCs reporting to a local government minister when you have 16 regional ministers who can then do you understand? You are devolving the power. So the, the whole design is not even meant, I don't think the design is sensible. Yeah, because how do so this auto job matter? Don't you think that a regional minister would have been more useful in the matter to stop it than to wait till the minister of local? Do you know how many documents are on the local government minister's desk? It's not possible. So we haven't designed the system to work, and we are not improving the system to make it work. We are just thinking about keeping ourselves in power, winning elections, making sure we appoint people so they can all come and chop, and then we all support them and vote. And go and make noise about our sin not and come back and sit in our dystopia. We are not really interested in the benefit of the so it's like we are fighting for control of the power, but we are not sure if we even know how to design it to develop deliver development. Because all the things government has discussed from the the road issues is leadership failures all through. And it's cascading because the people themselves, I'm saying that we ourselves, we've gotten used to the freedom they've given us. We've become very indisciplined. And we expect that we are exceptions. So when you are doing something wrong, you want to call somebody. So in Ghana, there's a calling culture. Let me mean Pharaoh be naim fan in casa. So you call the police, you call a doctor, you call a DC or somebody in the assembly, you call your pastor, you call your chief. You are always calling somebody to intervene on your private behalf when you are doing things that harm the rest of us. And until you stop picking the phone when they call you, it will continue. Yeah, but you can't pick the phone. You can only hear. So, I'm saying that what, now, what, don't do the radical way to do it is to stop picking people's calls when they ask you to intervene, when they do the wrong thing. That's how. That's what you mean the MCE powerful to do his work. Because if MCE comes to say he's coming to 
stop your building project. And I can call somebody in Jubilee House to say, Charlie, I lost keep you my man, so make you deal with them nice. Yeah. The MC will now start looking over his shoulder and saying, if I can't do it for Aloski, then Nathan too can build. Mm-hmm. Because if 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 I know somebody that flags that house, Nathan too knows a pastor. Mm-hmm. And you know somebody in parliament. Mm-hmm. And all of them are powerful. Mm-hmm. And the DC is just there for four years. He's trying to feed his family. What will he do? He doesn't want to lose his job. Because by the time they go and took him to the president, he does not, he's not there to defend himself. So why would the DC guy stop you? So you see what we do? Then when we all do it and we are happy, then we call a radio station and say, oh, they are doing the wrong thing. But you've done the same thing that's the problem so if you don't empower people to do their work there's no way because all these things you are saying like people do anything yep you know so I, Ghanaians if you don't want you can look you can development is not by force you can be happy you can you can look you can eat kebab <laughs> drink Guinness when you die we'll give you a big funeral I'll do one week for you you won't achieve anything but if you want to be respected in the world it requires sacrifice and discipline and we must let institutions work I'm telling you if we if we don't change our life, we will suffer and die for nothing. I'm telling you, and some of us will not even be remembered. Yeah. He came, he begat the children, he died. That's all you do. That's that's all they did. Just begat. They didn't, they didn't contribute anything to society. That's also allowed. It's not a sin. So Sky, I'm saying that there's a history remembers kings. We, we have to think. Sky, we have to have a national thinking day. Where we think about things that are wrong and how to correct it. I'm telling you, national thinking day. Everybody will think from no, form one to a party. Everybody no, must. Think. Ideally, we should be thinking every day. No, but no, 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 that's what we no, should be doing every day. Why do you celebrate days? The, we, you don't celebrate Farmers Day because that's the only day you eat from farmers. You celebrate a day because you want people to know it's an important thing. Like tomorrow's Allah. Uh-huh. So it's not because we don't serve Allah. It's just that that day is the special day. Okay. I'm saying that our problem as a society is that we are not we don't think deeply enough <laughs> about our reality, which is why all these problems keep happening. Nathan, read some comments so that we can move on. Why? Mm. Yes, you read, read some comments okay. first. Okay, all right. This one says, uh, the IPPs have every right to demand... Um, for their money, it doesn't look like this government is broke. Look at the display of money in the two by elections. What shows they are broke? Uh, this one, uh, this one says, I'm still baffled by the government giving tour to a private company. So what happened to the tour recovery debt we had been paying since um, former President Kufos? Recovery debt was not meant to, to be finished paid. Though. It was meant to be paid in perpetuity. <laughs> they, are, they, don't, they are not planning. So even if the third debt is over, they will find some use for it. You never stop paying it. Call it legacy debt. You pay it until you're an old man. I'll tell you. Yeah. This one says 2 million solar panels, solar panels are 15,000 feet above sea level. Only China can accomplish such mind-boggling projects. Okay. It says the technology solves the safe connection of solar power with the grid and prevents waste addressing solar power's inherent dependence on the weather. Okay. Interesting. This one is, I agree with the strike by the tanker workers. Mm. I visit that area for work often, and the road is one of the worst you can find in Tema. This road is a major artery for flow and movement of fuel to and from depots, pipelines, and even some power plants. With the onset of rains, the road is largely motorable. Any incident with any tanker will pose a national security threat. There's a contractor on the road, but the progress of work is slow. What kind of road is the contractor building? Adam, if you can tell us, please. Where is the asphalt? Yeah, that's, you that, see? That's the thing. So in three months, it that's will rain and quarter. Okay. That's the main road. All right, this one, uh, <laughs> this one says, is it true that the government wants to borrow 
from the treasury bills to pay salaries. Please investigate for that. That but money is what my family and I survive on. We shouldn't even they try. They rely on those because, I mean, yeah. What does it mean to borrow from the... Yeah, no, 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 The question is never properly put. Raise what money. do you mean to borrow from the T-bills? No, I think you the, the, the government issuing. Yeah, yeah but it's no, effectively you, you, when government you know, issues that they are borrowing the from us. That's what you're saying. T bill no. is government borrowing from you. Yeah, is it? No, it, maybe it's it's how he's coming. So government cannot borrow from T bill to pay you. Mm-hmm. But government will issue T bills to get yeah. money to pay you. Uh-huh, yes. That's that's all he's trying to say. Yeah, but what's but he's saying that that's the money his family depends uh, on. What what does so, he mean by that? Shall uh, so move to the next one? As in the payment of like when he matures the payment. You understand? So he's hearing that government wants to borrow from the Charlie, coupon. The thing is not yes, well grounded. Let's Charlie, move let's on. Move. This one says, you uh, you guys keep eating about the bush on the subject of power. The answer remains the same. If you can't collect all the money for the power you produce, you end up in debt, irrespective irrespective of the source no, of it's power not, but, that, but there are different sources of power because a kilowatt hour of power generated by solar or by 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 hydro is not the same as a kilowatt generated by a thermal plant. So that the type of power is also important in the pricing. Yeah. So it's not a question of just payment. That's why we're talking about diversifying your power sources. So please don't make it seem as if the everything is about ECG. It's not. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Okay. Don't, don't don't confuse us, please. <clears throat> this one says I would like to ask the government and ECG what happened to the money they collected recently. Well, they use it to pay their debt, okay. their debt they owe. You know, they owe the IPP, uh, what do you call it, the generators, yes. uh, Greco and these people, yeah. some money. And, and they paid some, some of the money. Talking of payments, you can get up to 1 million CDs in a collateral free loan from APSA. If you're a female entrepreneur, you're a young business owner, or you're into agri business or fintech, and it's in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. Loan at only 10%. Get a collateral free loan from APSA. Go to apsa.com.ga to find out more. Hazel Christian College is a university set up to provide a missing link in tertiary education. They have a wide range of programs, BBA programs, BSc nursing, information technology, information security, and BA theology. They also have some master's courses. They have media short courses and some professional courses as well. Call them on 0202-298-399 or 0547-777-31. If you want to go to their campus, they are at Amasaman behind the Olympic Stadium. Heritage Christian College and University Training Compassionate Entrepreneurial leaders if you're looking for good water to drink standard water should be your choice they have over 25 years of experience they are in 11 regions and they are expanding gradually and they have water to serve all kinds of needs your home your office special locations just talk to standard water on 0202-055703 or 0547-334-385 this ad is fda approved now old mutual it's 10 years. Join them to celebrate a decade of greatness. They have a great workforce of our 500 employees and they are championing customer operations here in Ghana. Call them on 0501-579204 or visit oldmutual.com.gh. Old Mutual do great things every day. And there's good news for uh, for small to medium-scale business owners. With SME Plus, you get to manage all your operational costs in communications. Just dial star 5060 has to sign up today or call 0244-308-111 for more info and stay connected everywhere you go. And if you want a British degree from a world-class university at a fraction of the cost, Join Lancaster University, Ghana, right here in Accra with a diverse student community, vibrant campus life, 
and 50% scholarship to support your study, Lancaster University Ghana provides you with a world-class education that creates endless opportunities globally. Now, admissions are currently open for our October 2023 intakes. Applying for our foundation and undergraduate programs, call 0302-218-989 or send email to admissions at lancaster.edu. Lancaster University, the only British university campus in West Africa. When we come back, it's the first in our final week. We're talking agric and agribusiness. My guest will be the COO of Gersal. It's called Mr. Tichisraha. We're speaking about the value chains in agriculture. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome to another edition of the City Business Festival. This month is dedicated to the conversations about business. This is our fourth and final week, and we're looking at agriculture. And in this week, we'll be talking about opportunities in the agri-value chain. My guest is the Chief Operating Officer of Gersal. Gersal is a very important organization in the country. So they are the Ghana Incentive based risk <laughs> sharing is that a, is that a full title yeah risk sharing system for agricultural lending ghana incentive based risk sharing system, system for agricultural lending so techisra is my guest we'll be discussing the agricultural value chain some opportunities in the value chain of various products and how we should perceive that so techi welcome to the show good morning thank you bernard and good morning to your listening the name is very long ghana what, what does it mean? The names, it's almost like a sentence. <laughs> what, what is that? Guess that. Well, so as, as the name implies, mm-hmm. it's a risk sharing uh, scheme mm-hmm. uh, that was established by government. I mean, it's, it's a limited liability company mm-hmm. and it's set up to the risk uh, financing, agricultural financing, and uh, using that to also uh, stimulate. Uh, investment to the agricultural sector by financial institution. So what the scheme tried to do is to share risks with the financial institutions and give them the confidence to 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 be able to learn to agree and for them to know that agri though they perceive it as risky, it's not all that risky if uh, appropriate uh, knowledge is put into uh, the whole agri sector so the, the traditional lending institutions may not understand the workings of agriculture so a body like Gersal brings its deep knowledge of the sector to bear on the credit analysis so that if you say you are sharing risk is also helping the lender understand what they are putting the money into so it's not just a one-way traffic no yes you're, you're right so we are sharing the risks mm-hmm. and also uh, as part of sharing the risks, we also provided a technical assistance support where uh, we use that facility to enhance the knowledge of uh, staff of the financial institution and even the, 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 the whole uh, ecosystem to understand 
that uh, agriculture is not risky if you understand the various cycles, mm. uh, the various risks and the mitigants, uh, you will be able to address uh, the risks. Mm. The risks uh, are supposed to be there, but if you, you know the mitigants, mm. it can, you, be you can mitigate the risk. Yeah, mitigate. So how long has the institution been in existence and would you say we can see the fruits of the work of Guess House so far? Yeah, we, we, we've been operating about four, uh, four years now. Mm -hmm. uh, July will be four years since we started operation. And uh, we've made uh, some modest uh, achievement. I've been using the guarantee. Uh, currently, about 28 financial institutions, both uh, deposit-taking uh, institutions and uh, non-bank institutions, uh, rural banks, have signed on to the scheme and actively assisting uh, uh, financial institutions are uh, using the guarantee set, uh, scheme to lend to agric. And in terms of uh, some numbers, uh, we use the, the scheme uh, to leverage over 850 million uh, loans through the financial institution to wow. uh, about 110 agribusinesses across the country and across all the various uh, value chain activities, either in production, aggregation, processing, and exports. Wonderful. Let's talk about the agri-sector in Ghana. Um, the last time I did some work, we realized that our food imports is still very, very high. Yeah, about two, two billion. Two billion in food per year. And it seems as if a lot of the food would be rice, um, I don't know, poultry, poultry. soya bean, wheat, wheat. I do, I do the top five. Yeah. Rice, wheat, soya bean, poultry. Poultry, yeah. Those, those are the, the top. Let, let's talk about why this has persisted. I know there are programs to reduce our import dependency, but generally, why have we been dependent on importing these kinds of foods in such large quantities? Because $2 billion is a lot of money yes, to spend on, importing food. On, on, on an annual basis. Yes, per year. And, and uh, Bernard, if... Uh, this issue is also not addressed. Uh, this food import bill is, is going to uh, go up. For example, um, there's an estimate of our population increasing to about 37.8 billion in 2030. Million. Uh, a million in 2030 mm -hmm. and increasing to about 50 uh, million in 2050. And these people have to be <laughs> fed. And Currently at uh, what 31, 32 million, uh, we are importing two, 2 billion. So we need to put our wheels to addressing some of the challenges in these uh, various uh, uh, value chains. And uh, in terms of the challenges, I mean, if you look at all the, the, the commodity uh, value chains, uh, our productivity in terms of year per hectare across all the value chains are very low. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, it's the contributory factors were due to the fact that the, the uh, planting materials are not of the uh, quality that will uh, generate the high yield. And also the fact that the, the agronomic practices adopted by our farmers uh, farmers are not using improved technology and uh, moisture too is very important and irrigation system I mean if you uh, look at the current 
arable crops as against uh, area irrigated is woefully uh, inadequate. So some of these things uh, impact on uh, pro uh, the productivity in the sector. And as such, uh, in some of these commodities, uh, we are not efficient and competitive. So the result is uh, the import which comes in. Uh, so the problem is not lack of arable land. No. The problem is the way we are farming. That's right. The technology uh, and the scale. Right. I mean, over the years, we focus more, place more emphasis on smallholder uh, production. I'm not saying smallholder uh, farmers uh, shouldn't be supported. But I think we've gotten to a stage that we need to also uh, refocus and look at uh, supporting medium to large scale uh, farming. And then I, I'll tell you, there are a number of initiatives that uh, government is uh, rolling out, which is focusing on uh, large-scale uh, operation. And uh, under the Ghana Cares uh, uh, program, government is developing what is, is called economic uh, enclave project, mm -hmm. where large tracts of uh, arable land are being developed. And MIDA is uh, Millennium Development Authority is leading uh, this effort, where yeah. a minimum of 10,000 acres uh, is being developed and provided with uh, irrigation services. I mean, three locations are currently being uh, implemented in Ghana. Mm. In Ghana. Uh, there's one at Kasuna. In, in the, I, I hope <laughs> the pronunciation yeah. is correct. In the, in the greater Accra region, uh, Kumawu, and also another location in, in the Oti region. So these enclaves are to serve as a location where uh, agribusinesses will be attracted. Those who want to go into uh, uh, large-scale farming, spin maize, rice, uh, soya, uh, sorghum, and even vegetables. Right. Uh, let's to, talk to, about let's talk to, about to, rice. Yeah. I agree with the points you make about the programs, but historically we know that there have been several rice-related interventions. For example, sustainable development and rainfall lowland rice production, the rice sector support project RSSP, the Nerika Rice Development Project NRDP. Enhance access to quality rice seed initiative. So it's not for want of rice yeah. programs. Yeah. It's not for want of land rice for rice. Them. And yes, paddy rice production has increased significantly at an average rate of 11%. My challenge though is that while all these projects are going on, imports still keep growing. So is it that the, the, the level of cultivation is not matching the level of population growth? How, how come we are producing more rice every year, yet we still keep importing more? Yes. So uh, that's the situation because, uh, I mean, if you look at uh, our eating habits, Ghanaians over the years have developed the attitude of uh, perfumed rice or imported rice. Mm -hmm. uh, Though we are we are producing a, a, a lot of rice, uh, there are challenges at the production level. Mm -hmm. As I indicated, I mean, uh, currently there are varieties that mm -hmm. have been developed that farmers are using. Mm -hmm. But there are still issues because of the way the production systems are managed. There are still issues with uh, uh, admixtures of uh, varieties, which poses a problem 
for the the the, the processes. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the, uh, I mean, quality of some of the uh, the rice that comes out, mm -hmm. uh, it becomes uh, challenging uh, competing with the imported rice, mm -hmm. and also even the cost of production mm -hmm. is 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 another issue. Mm -hmm. The cost of production at the uh, at the farm gate. Uh, input costs have gone very high, and as such, cost of paddy to the processes has also gone uh, so high. And in the end, it all feeds into the, 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 the cost of the product that is offered on the market. So uh, uh, cost is one, and also the, the, the agronomic practices adopted by our smallholders is also uh, an issue. So that's where if we are uh, transition into medium large scale uh, production. Uh, some of these issues can be uh, addressed. But just finally on the rice value chain, what are the opportunities that you see there? And um, there's, again, for my limited knowledge, there's the whole land issue, smallholder farmers, large scale farming. What about things like the milling and milling capacity? So if like there's an investment that wants to come into the country, when you look in the value chain, where would you say people should invest to boost our rice availability to a level where our import dependence reduces? Where are the opportunities in the rice value chain? Right. Well, in terms of the milling capacity, I think we have uh, adequate capacity in place. Mm -hmm. uh, per our last estimate, mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, around 500 metric tons mm -hmm. uh, capacity installed mm -hmm. but they are operating under capacity mm -hmm. uh, some of these uh, mills mm -hmm. need to be maybe read to add some uh, few equipment uh, to be able to make them uh, operational and also produce or come out with a product that meet the, 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 the market but then the other challenge is the the access to paddy mm. <laughs> you see for for this meal uh, once the rice is produced, it has to be milled at a certain uh, moisture level. And if that moisture level is, is, is not attained as a result of lack of uh, 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 silos uh, to store this uh, uh, paddy, then it uh, reduces the, 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 the turnout. Of of, of 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 the rice that comes out from the from the, 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 the factories. So, as a result, the the the, the, uh, the, the mills are not efficient, and as such, the, the if you, if you ask me, there is a need to invest in the production of more paddy, and again also uh, uh, st storage infrastructure in terms of uh, silos to be able to uh, at harvest be able to mop up the paddy, store them, and then the, 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 the processing factories will have access to uh, quality paddy that they can uh, process to meet the market requirement. Just a final point on rice. When you scan the country, which regions would you say offer the best potential for rice in the country? Yeah, it's, it's the uh, southern set of water region, uh, uh, parts of Eastern, uh, Ashanti, uh, and the northern sector, especially the, the northern region, 
and uh, so the more the eastern north, parts of yeah. the country because yeah. even in the north right. it's Fumbisi yeah. Rice Valley yeah. so the Those eastern areas. basin Base, yeah is it because of the volta so the water yeah the water, water is available so places adjacent and also to the, the topography also low lying low lying uh, good soil yeah so if we were to invest in the 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 milling capacity in addition to storage you think that our our dependence on imported rice could reduce significantly definitely and also uh, we, we also have to include a uh, promotion which is very important the, the promotion of the health uh, attributes of our local rice now dr- did, I mean, increase change, the demand yeah uh, change the uh, people's attitude to, uh, to, uh, to no rice. i think we've done a bit of that yeah. in the past few years i think 2019 we did a major campaign yeah. on rice and you can tell that at some point people even ran out of local rice to buy so the demand is there this is the uh, city business festival and this is the first day of our final week we're looking at opportunities in the agri value chain today i'm, I'm talking to titi Sraha, who is the coo of gesal is the ghana incentive-based risk sharing system for agri lending who have done some fantastic work in the past four years when we come back we'll talk about two other sectors of interest to me a bit about poultry and then if we have time we'll speak about tomato as well stay with us this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation the biggest business festival in ghana is on mark your calendars this june as we bring you the city business festival 2023 the running theme for this year's festival is make it ghana it's going to be a month-long conversation on how to grow improve and expand your business with seasoned industry experts join the weekly business forum every tuesday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m live on city tv for discussions on various thematic areas each week beginning with we one, reimagining the digital economy. Week two, building resilient SME brands. Week three, the changing phase of the Ghanaian retail market. And week four, understanding and leveraging agribusiness value chains. Also, tune in every weekday at 9.05 a.m. for the City Business Festival on Air Series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart and strengthen your business. There will be a lesson for every business on the City Business Festival 2023 this June. Only on City TV, 97.3 City FM, citybusinessnews.com, and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival 2023 is powered by City TV and City FM in partnership with APSA and is proudly sponsored by MTN Momo, MTN Business, and ZPay with support from Gessel. Hello. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Welcome back to the City Business Festival on a series on radio and we're discussing opportunities in the agri value chain we spoke initially about rice my guest is Tekis Raha who's the COO of the Gersal 
my next area is poultry because again in the two billion food imports rice wheat soya bean meal poultry poultry baffles me a bit because the 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 sector since i've become a serious journalist has always been complaining of problems so like we know the problems but we are not able to solve them what is what in your view is the greatest bottleneck to Ghana's poultry sector for which reason we depend so much on imported poultry well uh, bernard the, the it's all boils down to the cost of production mm. i mean poultry uh, the sector currently mm-hmm. is dominated by the broiler mm-hmm. uh, 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 production with uh, oh, sorry the, the layer production mm-hmm. with uh, broiler production forming uh, less than two percent mm. <laughs> for uh, for the market and it's all boiled down to the the, the cost of production which is uh, mainly driven by uh, cost of uh, raw material mm-hmm. uh, that feed into uh, feed production in terms of uh, maize and soya. I mean, over over the last year, maize prices have gone over the roof, uh, and it's keep increasing. But we we to make the the poultry sector uh, profitable. Uh, that's the area uh, we need to uh, pay attention. So the feed is the issue. What are, what are the components? Is it the soya component? Because I thought it's maize. It's, it's, yeah, the maize, soya, and also a few other ingredients uh, that are imported. So but the challenge is that we don't have enough soya? No, it's, 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 it's the cost. The cost of producing? producing uh, the, the cost of maize and soya has gone so high and it constitutes close to 60% of the of the feed cost so if that cost uh, that ingredient component is so high then it makes the 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 the, the cost of operation uh, so high so in the end uh, you produce chicken uh, which is uh, far higher than the the imported so that's the main challenge yeah. yes uh, and we need to address uh, that challenge in terms of how can we support farmers to to produce maize more efficiently achieve the the, the potential yield of five six uh, metric tons per hectare instead of the uh, averaging 1.9 uh, 1.8 metric tons because if per unit area you are you are getting more then you can uh, afford to uh, uh, sell the produce at a, at a price that the farmer will still make uh, margins. So that's the main issue. Right. And that's where, uh, as I indicated, this economic enclave uh, project, and if similar uh, projects could be, could be rolled out, where you support uh, large-scale production through land development, uh, providing water access, then such... Uh, operators can produce efficiently because uh, water and land development uh, is major uh, ingredient to uh, to the risk uh, production. So the demand for poultry is there. Yes, but because of the We're cost about of production, mm-hmm. people prefer the frozen. 
the cost of cost of production is is it's cheaper to imp the imports are uh, more competitive, competitive than the and uh, about two months ago we have an engagement with uh, one of the uh, financial institutions uh, which uh, want to intervene and uh, we brought together the the importers the processors the the farmers and even some fa uh, the poultry farmers and even some crop farmers where we're looking at a value chain kind of uh, uh, financing where the bank will finance the input supply like the maize and soya uh, suppliers who will then produce a service or sell to the uh, processors to mm -hmm. produce feed and then to to the farmers who produce the chicken, the chicken sold to to the uh, uh, processors mm -hmm. and eventually to, to to the market. So we have all these uh, players in a value chain kind of finance, and the bank is uh, going is looking at how uh, we will roll out. So it's like a new approach to, to yeah. doing this. Right. To so deal that with. Uh, the the farmer. Who is producing the maize is taxed to produce efficiently at a certain price mm -hmm. that the feed uh, miller will be off will be able to offtake and produce feed at a price that will make it uh, profitable for the farmer to produce broiler that will come uh, to your table at because, a competitive rate. Uh, as uh, you price. said, a lot of our poultry farmers focus on the layers. Right. Because is it because because of the cost of production, it's much easier to keep a layer to produce eggs for over a longer period. The, the, because I'm told only two percent of our poultry meat demand is met by broiler production, yeah. and even a bulk of it is from uh, when the, the spent layers. <laughs> so it's not, so so people are not really and listeners. So broilers are essentially. You, you raise the, the, the chicken just for the maximum, meat. Maximum five, six weeks. Yeah. So our industry is more layer-focused. Right. And they only sell spend layers for meat later on. Yeah. And this approach you're using, so there's a financing challenge, and there's also a technology in terms of cost of production challenge. Right. But isn't there enough research on alternative feed that can also help? Because if rice, right. if, if, if like, yeah. Yeah, if maize is going up, and there other mixes that can be done to bring the price down? Right, right, right. There, there are a lot of research that has gone on, I mean, in country and other places where uh, cassava mm. uh, mm. is being proposed as a, as a substitute for, for maize. Because, I mean, what is uh, maize providing the feed uh, is energy calories. Mm -hmm. And cassava uh, also is a, a substitute that if uh, our feed... Uh, millers and formulators pay attention. Mm -hmm. uh, we can develop a more cost-effective uh, uh, product using cassava uh, for the industry. So where do you see, again, let's come back to this. So investment, you've mentioned a bit of this, by investment opportunities in the value chain of poultry. Just talk a bit about that. If somebody has resources and we don't want to just do imports of frozen chicken right. what are some of the opportunities when you look at the trends again you shared some data about some of the positive things happening in the sector where should we be looking at for those who are interested in the poultry value chain 
yeah, I, I think it's uh, the the feed side is is very important. Mm -hmm. So if for agri businesses or uh, private sector mm -hmm. who uh, want to venture uh, production of uh, the feed ingredient, may offer opportunity uh, for uh, for such uh, uh, intervention. And if you are uh, going to such a venture, I would advise that you speak to uh, a lot of uh, stakeholders <laughs> or practitioners in, in the sector, learn from their lessons, not in order not to uh, uh, repeat certain mistakes. And then also the scale of production is, is very important uh, in terms of the, the technology adopted. Mm. So uh, production, the primary production to produce uh, maize and soya is an area uh, you can uh, focus. I mean, these are short gestation, maximum uh, four months is produced. And if you are using irrigation, uh, that makes it also uh, makes it easier uh, to be able to achieve the the the, the years that is is expected. And then, uh, if you, uh, I would say, currently, the 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 egg sector looks more uh, promising. promising because of the I mean the challenges that uh, we spoke about. But if you invest in the, the egg uh, production and then with experience, then you can gradually also venture into, okay. into the bird. Let's the end by sector. talking about tomato. I like tomato because for me, when I look at value added agric industrialization, I can see a link. We consume a lot of tomato in this country. Again, even though tomato consumption has increased and has become... It's a staple ingredient in our daily diet. Um, we still import tomatoes, right? And I'm not sure we even produce enough for what we need. What's the situation with tomato? Yes, so you see the uh, production calendar. There are certain period of the year that because of the uh, temperature conditions, you cannot produce uh, fresh tomatoes. In this country, and that's the period that we resort to uh, uh, importing more. I'm talking about the fresh uh, tomatoes from our, our neighboring countries, Burkina Faso, and, and the and the and the other uh, Sahel countries. So, I mean, the question is, why is it that over the years we've not been able uh, to come up with varieties that we can uh, produce? them within this uh, window where our environment uh, doesn't allow us to, uh, to, to produce. And uh, during this period, that's the, 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 the January, February, March, temperatures are high. And if you uh, uh, produce uh, tomato, you, the plants are bought flowers. Uh, and that's the challenge. So I will encourage our, our research uh, to uh, pay attention uh, find out in terms of the, the, the varieties that will be adaptable uh, to our conditions to be able to produce a uh, year round. Otherwise, we will still so, continue. So we import from Burkina Faso. Yeah. Is, it, is, is it a climate that's better there? Or is it a type? Because Burkina Faso is a much drier place that's than China. Right. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. 
the the window that bulk of the the the, the tomato come into this country is the time that we don't have our our environment doesn't allow mm -hmm. us to produce but during the 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 other periods of the year i mean our production mm -hmm. also uh, comes on uh, online and uh, during those period our market women then concentrate on buying tomato from uh, from from the country so it's it's a matter of uh, our research and it's taking so long research uh, being supported to to pay more attention in coming out to a variety that will be able to address this uh, this challenge we have set up or attempted to set up tomato processing in <laughs> Pualugu, <laughs> Techiman, Wenchi. I, I don't know which of them is working as we speak. I'm told it's due to inaccessibility of raw material. Is it the type of tomato or the problem you just described, the fact that we don't produce the quantity we require? Because I thought they selected those locations for the tomato processing plants right. because they were tomato growing areas. So what's the story with Techiman, Pualugu, and Wenchi? Well, it's, it's also boils down to the type of uh, tomato. Mm -hmm. Tomato for processing is, is not the same as the ordinary tomato that uh, you see on the market. Mm -hmm. our local, most of our local varieties has a lot of water. It's watery. And if you uh, use them for uh, processing, the yields are uh, very low, and as such, the uh, cost of production is very high. So there are specialized uh, varieties that are uh, for processing. But the, the situation is, I mean, some of these uh, factories that were set up, I mean, for the, especially the Wenchi one, which uh, I know. Uh, some of their problems leading to the shutdown. They brought this variety, uh, engaged some farmers uh, to, to grow for them, and at harvest, instead of farmers uh, selling to the factory, because the factory has provided you the seed, the inputs, and all that, the farmers uh, rather diverted and sell to the, the, to the market women. So in the end, the factory uh, could not get the raw, materials. Yeah, the raw material. So we have issues with the attitude of our our uh, farmers in terms of uh, adhering to contracts of supply. So that's why I mean, for some of us, if you go into agro processing uh, as a, a business, you should have a handle of not less than 60% of your raw material. You should be able to produce it yourself to, to, to feed the factory. As we, we see, and this is my final thought, it looks like in the tomato sector, a lot of the import, uh, the, the processing plants are relying on a thermal enclave, yeah, the and they are sort of doing a certain type of concentrate, so they import the raw material. I don't know whether this is the sustainable we want to go. It may be good for now to have some industries, Olam, Trusty Foods, Conservia Africa, and all these guys, Dino Pomenko. But in terms of value chain, you would say that they would, it would be good to have those factories, but it would be good to, for them to now link backwards yeah. to Techiman, Wenchi, and yeah. Co. so that they don't need to import whatever they are bringing in. And then 
the, the component of what they do have more tomato than just the starch. So that should be where we should be aiming, should it not be? Sure. So, um, I mean, Bernard, we, together with one of the banks, uh, uh, supported a tomato factory in the Brickham area uh, to produce fresh tomato and also it, it, it has a dual uh, kind of uh, uh, facility. They can use the concentrate uh, to, to blend and package as well as the uh, fresh Wonderful. Uh, fruit. That, that business was supported. But again, uh, the factory, after <laughs> operating for a short period, uh, shut down because of issues with uh, raw material. And again, also, the, the, the whole uh, the processing line, where it was uh, purchased from, came out. Uh, with some uh, defects. So after operation, uh, the factory have to shut down to be able to retool to start operation. So uh, that was an example we wanted to support and then present to the, those factories in the... Uh, in the, the Amazon. then they will do the linkage. That, that is also the need for them to, to link uh, backwards to support, either do their own production or support uh, farmers, other uh, medium or large scale uh, farmers, and that they will support to produce and feed uh, the fa uh, those mm -hmm. factories so that eventually we reduce the import of concentrate. Mm -hmm. But my final question generally, how optimistic are you about the prospects for the agri sector and the agri value chain generally? Yeah, I mean, I mean generally, there, there are a lot of prospects aside. The three areas that we, we, we just talked about, the opportunities in uh, other areas. For example, rubber is, is an area that holds a lot of opportunities, either in primary production, developing uh, plantation, though the gestation period is, is long, seven, eight years. But once the, the uh, plant, the, the trees start uh, yielding, you have cash flows uh, throughout the year for over uh, 30, uh, 40 years. And there are opportunities also in rubber uh, processing. We supported uh, through one of the banks uh, a rubber processing and it started operation in 2022. Uh, and can you believe on an annual basis this uh, small factory is a, a one-ton uh, facility. It's bringing in uh, 10 million uh, US dollars uh, uh, export revenue that passes through the bank. Wonderful. So if you're able to support agro-processing in, in, in this area and even uh, non-traditional uh, export uh, uh, commodities, that also hold a lot of uh, uh, opportunities for entrepreneurs or business people who want to venture. Thank you very much, Tejisra, for speaking to us. He is the COO of Gersel, reflecting on opportunities in the agri value chain. We emphasize rice, we emphasize poultry and tomato. Thanks for listening. We'll be with you next time. Bye bye. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.
Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. You can send in your messages on 0549986996. Good conversation uh, on our business month. And on the theme of learning, I have two of our very good friends from Education Sub-Saharan Africa. We're going to talk about students' transition. You know, it's always a big headache if you're in school, you know, how to transition from the classroom to the workplace. So I have Dr. Lucy Hedy and Dr. Pauline Essa. They are both with the Education Sub-Saharan Africa. Dr. Lucy Hedy is the CEO of Education Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, she's been the CEO since 2020. And she has over 15 years of experience in generating and using evidence to improve education, both in the UK and all over the world. And she holds a PhD in theoretical physics. Wow. <laughs> From the University of Cambridge. Dr. Pauline Essa is also with the University of Cambridge. She has a PhD in biological science. Wow. Now, her role, um, her instrumental role in establishing and, and managing the Cambridge Africa program at the University of Cambridge significantly enhanced collaboration and capacity building for African researchers through scholarships and mentorships. So these people know, they know a lot about, you know, teaching, learning, all of that. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Dr. Hedy and Dr. Essa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Great. Now, let's talk about your work. Let's start from there. Why is it so important? Why is, why is what you do so important? So we are all about connecting evidence and data on education mm. from Africa with people who can change the system. Um, and that is university leaders, it's policy makers, it's young people themselves. And why is that so important? It's so important because universities and colleges are facing a huge challenge at the moment, right? We see rising uh, youth population mm. uh, with free SHS. We see more young people coming through the system. They want to go to university. They want to go to college. They want to achieve their ambitions. Yeah. But how can the system deliver? That is a huge scale up. Um, lots of people working on that problem. Lots of great people, but they're operating in the dark. We just don't have the evidence and data to plan properly to make sure that young people are getting the kind of education and support they need after that education okay. to transition into the workplace. Okay. So that's where ESSA comes in. Mm. We're collecting the evidence from what's worked here in Africa, the data to know where are we, where do we want to go next, and we work in partnership with people who are changing the system. Oh, that's wonderful. It's great news to, to <laughs> those who are carrying that burden and you're in school like i said you're always wondering what the next step is there's an event that's happening today actually right is at the uh, la villa boutique hotel from 4 p.m to 6 p.m let's talk about the importance of this event and, and who can or should attend um thank you for for the question what i would say is that we are trying to practically connect those decision makers that lucy has just talked about so we're inviting employers um, within the system, so industry, corporate, whatever, but also the mm. university leaders. So um, they could be vice chancellors, they could be re um, registrars, but also those involved in recruitment. So okay. HR um, officials, um, they could be within the universities or outside. Okay. And what we want to do is have practical conversations. We know what the challenges are. We have a report, very detailed report that explains 
what is happening at the moment in Ghana and in Sub-Saharan Africa more generally. Mm -hmm. We want to have a conversation about what this report, the evidence-based report, is telling us about this. The challenges, but we also are proposing solutions. Okay. And so we want to have those discussions to really delve deep and see how do we now convert this report into practical actions mm. to make sure that the young people leaving university can have something positive to look forward to, okay. that they will be prepared for the world of work yeah. to be able to transition effectively and efficiently mm. into sustainable and decent jobs. Okay, That's for the benefit of the universities, <laughs> the employers and the students themselves and society more generally. I see. So everybody gets to benefit from exactly. this conversation. Your, your report is titled, What Next? And you've highlighted why that report exists. Can I just highlight just one or two key insights that... that that, that have been captured in there? Yes, yeah, so one of the key things we found is that at the moment there's a skills gap. Okay. There's a gap between what is being taught in many of our universities in and outside Ghana and what employers actually need. Mm. So we're saying how can we bring these two stakeholders closer together okay. and to make the recruiter's job okay. easier. Mm. So we have to be more deliberate about understanding what are the current skills needed in the workplace now and in the future? How okay. can what, what projections are there in terms of work trends, skills mm. trends? Okay. So that if we have that information available, we can better prepare our university students. The lecturers can design curriculum that is more focused on what is needed in the workplace okay. to prepare these students. Students themselves have a role to play. Can they be more deliberate about investing in themselves, preparing themselves to have those skills that are needed in the workplace? We need to promote more internships. I mean, you need resources mm -hmm. to make this happen. Yeah. But to enable students to have a, a view of the world of work, a taste of it, to understand what is needed when they and graduate. What actually happens exactly. yeah, on, on the ground. So it's that skills gap is the biggest thing we have found, and we have suggested ways in which we can bridge that gap okay. and bring the different stakeholders closer together okay. for practical action. And I think what really makes this report stand out is that we've done this in partnership mm -hmm. with um, Ashesi University, okay. Uh, Kepler University. So we've had practical experience feed into the findings of this report. Okay. So this is not just dry research. No, this comes from people who know what it means, yeah. know what it means yeah. to make it happen. I see. Yeah. Let's look at it from, let's talk about the perspective of the Ghanaian student. What are some of the major challenges they face during their transition into employment? And, and what does this report do in terms of trying to address some of those challenges? I would say one of the, the gaps we found is that some universities have career service provision, okay. others don't. And we see that those that have, there's evidence that they are able to <coughs> better prepare their okay. students to start thinking about where do you find job adverts, for example, and how do you apply? How are they being supported in preparing CVs or preparing a profile online, say on professional platforms like LinkedIn? How are they promoting themselves on other social media sites? How are they understanding when they need to start looking for jobs and how to apply? How are they leveraging on maybe alumni connections? Universities that have these career service functions are better connected with the world of work, mm -hmm. better connected with getting these students that job experience while they are still in university and preparing them for moving out. So one of the key things, again, from the report is we need to be more deliberate on setting up the career service function, connecting with industry. For example, 
in the Ghanaian universities, some may have connections with the employers in that maybe they share ideas on curriculum development mm -hmm. or some lecturers, for example, could be invited to industry on a mini sabbatical or to cooperate to understand what's happening there, yeah. come back and feed into lectures. Or you could have someone from industry um, come in and give guest lectures to the students yeah. to make it more practical for them. This is what I do in my job. This is what the skills I need, the expertise <laughs> I learn from being on the job. So to move away from rote teaching and learning yeah. into something more practical, that mm -hmm. makes the world of work more real. Mm -hmm. And so that career service function has so many diverse inputs into their students' life and makes them more ready for the world of work. I see. This this wonderful. I, I, I was I mean I was about to ask if you could give maybe any success stories or, or any examples. Yes. Well, I think um, just to highlight a couple from the report, as I said, yeah. we um, Ashesi University are one of the authors mm -hmm. of the report. And what really makes what they do stand out in terms of delivery for um, young people in their career service is the institutional backing, right? That mm. career service, it is not a tick box exercise that they are willing to put the resources in to make it happen. And that's what you need. You need institutional commitment. Okay. And they also monitor the success of everything they do. Mm. They look, how did that internship placement go? How did that careers fair go? They get feedback from young people. They get feedback okay. from industry and they change and they adapt because the world of work is changing all the time. Mm. So we need to be listening. Mm. I would say the other success story I would highlight um, would be from Strathmore that has for many years now been developing such close ties with industry. They have um, really integrated industry perspective into the curriculum. It's not, none of these things are easy. And I want to be clear, we're not saying any of, any of these <laughs> things were in the report. Um, they're gonna take time, they're yeah. gonna take commitment. And that's why we want to bring people together because it's gonna be the relationships that make a difference and create sustained collaboration. Mm. I, I could add as well that um, in terms of ESSA ourselves mm -hmm. as yeah. an organization, um, in the past we've had interns who've come through the system and they all have been able to move on to jobs or to um, postgraduate studies. But our longest serving member within the team actually came in as an intern and has stayed on and is rising <laughs> through the ranks. So we practice what we, we preach what as well. Preach. Wonderful, exactly. wonderful, wonderful. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I had Dr. Lucy Hedy, CEO at Education Sub-Saharan Africa, and Dr. Pauline Essa, Director of Research and Programs at Education Sub-Saharan Africa. Like I said, they have a program today. Between 4 and 6 p.m., they will be putting out their report titled, What Next? And I love the ties that... And that's how we end our City Breakfast Show for the morning. Many, many, many thanks for listening. Before we head out, though, Finex Skills Hub is offering practical hands-on training to corporates and individuals in Excel for work, data analytics, and financial modeling. You heard our guests talking about skills and development. These are the things you need to do. Learn new things. Add more value to yourself. Call Finex Skills Hub on 0244-782-356 to sign up for their corporate or individual training sessions. Finex Skills Hub, learn, connect, grow. We'll be back tomorrow morning with another exciting episode of the City Breakfast Show. My name is Nathan. Call you earlier. Uh, Bernardino Kokoavle was here. Richard Delasca was here. Godfrey Nakotubaf was here. Many thanks to you for all your messages that came through. We are back tomorrow with more 